Well, hi, everybody. I am here with episode 130 of the Artifice podcast. Today is a really exciting and special day because this is the season finale of Artifice season five. I have already completed recording for Artifice season six that will be rolling out soon. I'm so, so excited for season six. Um, You know, Every time I interview somebody new, they connect me with other cool people that they know. So the circle is just, you know, expanding into places that I never could have imagined. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled with the kind of breadth and depth and representation in season six. I, I can't wait for you to hear it. And I'm already working on season seven. So here's what's going to happen. First of all, in four days, this Friday, June 17th, um, track number seven of the hallowed wide is out publicly it's called sweet dream and it is the biggest kind of turning point in the record um you know it's kind of like where the big like epiphany of the album happens and then you know we spend the the rest of the album kind of processing that so i'm i'm really excited about it i feel like i don't want to i don't want to tell you too much more but it's really special please listen make sure that you're like following on spotify so that you'll get the song in your um in your what are they called like your playlists um your your new release new releases Release Radar, that's what it's called. <laughs> Gosh, I really should know that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited about it. It's a beautiful song with um, incredible production and really, really gorgeous violin playing. So listen for that. And then um, next week, um, there will be another episode of the podcast, but it'll be the Hallowed Wide Diary episode for Sweet Dream. So um, so that will happen next week. And then I'm going to take the month of July off except for another Hallowed Wide song diary. So you'll see that in July. And then um, season six of Artifice will air starting in August. And I have um, I have like 15 episodes for you. So, um, so yeah, lots of good stuff going. And I can't remember if I already said this, but I'm already working on planning season seven and it's just, I'm just, I'm on a high about it right now. Um, yeah. So happy season finale. Um, this episode is with a new friend, Shiloh Nice, um, who I just loved talking to, um, and yeah, I think those are the announcements. So I guess I will tell you more about Shiloh right now. Shiloh Nice is an indigenous female screenwriter and actor from the Heisla Nation on the northwest coast of Canada. Her first nation's name is Maguis, meaning snag on the beach. The Pacific Ocean and forest were her childhood playgrounds where she has significant inspirational influence with which has had significant inspirational influence on her artistry. She attended McEwen University in Edmonton, Canada, where she received her theater performance degree and then went on to receive her bachelor's training teaching degree in theater and music from BYU-Idaho. Shiloh soon transitioned her stage practice to film with acting credits including Lakes 7 and The Golden Gun, 
The Life of Jesus Christ, and Maggie, to name a few. In 2016, Shiloh founded the Salt Lake Actors Studio, a workshop that provides free performance education for the acting community. Shiloh then took time off to reestablish her roots in Heisla territory. <clears throat> Not sure if I'm pr- pronouncing that correctly, but it's H-A-I-S-L-A. During this experience, she realized she could play a role in keeping her history and culture alive through story. Shortly after, she had two personal dreams given to her that eventually became the foundations for her short film scripts, Hear Him and One Who Knows. In late 2020, Shiloh was accepted to uh, Wi-Fi TV's Tricksters and Writers Program in Canada, a film writing scholarship for Indigenous women. She was instructed by Indigenous female filmmakers and under their tutelage wrote One Who Knows, which was then selected to be read live at the Vancouver International Women in Film Festival and is presently still receiving several film selections and wins. Shiloh is currently working on to direct One Who Knows and adapt it into a children's book. She also has plans to write and direct her newest story, The Matriarch, into a feature-length film. Presently, she lives in Midvale, Utah, with her husband and three-year-old daughter. Uh, what a beautiful, magical conversation to end the season on. And uh, while I'm while I'm talking about the end of the season, I just want to say again, I'm so grateful to you who are listening for helping me kind of have the motivation to keep this project going. It's such a beautiful gift in my life. Um, I think it was in this conversation I talked with Shiloh about this uh, this project, this podcast being an abundance practice for me. And it really is that, um, it helps keep my own creativity kind of, um, like my pilot light on and, you know, always sparking new ideas in my mind. And it's just, it is really such a beautiful project for me. And I hope that it feels beautiful to you and that you kind of can, can see and receive like, um, I don't know, the kind of miracle of this, of this project, which is, you know, regular, normal people, artists talking about the beautiful things that we do and, you know, lots of inspiration for what it means to be a creative and, you know, that that's something that belongs to each and every one of us as humans. So, um, gosh, I just, I, I, when I started this podcast, I, I, I knew I wanted to keep it going, um, for, you know, a long time and, you know, coming to the end of season five just really feels incredible. I'm so proud and and really just so grateful and grateful to Shiloh for, for being the, uh, the bookend on this beautiful season. So yeah, without further ado, I'll say goodbye, um, for, for this season. Um, I'll be back, like I said, with two, um, song diary episodes and then back in August with episode one of season six, which is gonna be so good. I'm so excited. And okay. Here comes my interview with beautiful Shiloh Nice. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Um, Any other questions before we start or like? Yeah. How 
I just curious, how did you even find out about me? Oh my gosh. People always ask me. And like, I, I genuinely, I'm not even sure. I'm always <laughs> looking, right. I'm always looking for guests and I'm yeah. in like the Utah film makers group on Facebook. Um, and I just have like so many artist friends. So it's either like, I saw you post something in one of the groups that we're both in. Oh, I think that's, yeah. Uh-huh. Cause sometimes I'll just like be scrolling at night. Like I have terrible insomnia. So I'll just be scrolling and then I'll be like, Oh, this person seems interesting. And I'll like screenshot it. Aww. And then like, you know, the next month when I'm scheduling interviews, I'll like look through my screenshots. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be that, or it could also be like, we have a mutual friend who recommended you, Right. but usually like I'm keeping track so far in advance that like, by the time I actually talk with someone, I'm like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been in North Carolina for four years and really? we moved back in yeah late August I bet that you posted like hey I'm here in one of the groups that we're something in like something that, like yeah. that well, I feel like I'm way louder than you will oh, you pull that closer and then yes let's see if that's good and then let okay me, maybe you just turn you up a little bit maybe turn me down a little bit maybe if I have it oh yeah and I put it right below yep how does that feel is that yep. better yes that sounds okay. better cool and then how's the monitor do you feel like you can hear well enough Testing, testing, one, two, three. I can, I can hear it. Yeah. Okay. I don't like to keep it too loud because I feel like it like just feels weird. Um, but, but I know some people prefer to hear more. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll try and speak a little louder too. Okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I can also edit it later. I just, um, you know, like to start somewhere comfy and yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm like dominating you and your headphones either. <laughs> um, any other questions or like, um, it's pretty casual. No, that was, yeah, okay, I just great. want, I just want to get to know you. Yeah, good. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. it really is like more of a conversation than like an interview per se. So yeah. we can talk about anything you want, anything you kind of want to like philosophize yeah. or like soapbox about. Um, it kind of feels like off camera. Yeah. Good. You know what I'm talking about? Is that like the, is that like the actor's studio kind it, of thing? Or yeah. Something, it's something not the actors on actors variety. That's also really cool, but oh. it's the, um, the off camera Netflix uh, well, it's on Netflix. It's on YouTube too. Oh, I should check that out. It's black. He does it in all black and white. It's cool. called off camera and it's not scripted. Yeah. The interviews aren't it. scripted. Yeah. I'm just like really interested in like, I don't know. I feel like what we do as creatives is so kind of like misunderstood mm-hmm. and also so interesting. So I just kind of like to talk with artists about, you know, how you've developed your creativity, like what your kind of journey as an artist yeah. is like. So wanna, wanna it's get- phenomenal. I, I like that you're doing this. It's such yeah, a great... Thanks. Um, platform. I know it feels the same, but it's not, you know, it's, it feels very unique to me what you do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think it's really intimate. And also like, I I feel like people interview artists a lot, but hopefully I'm asking kind of different questions, like talking more about like how we got to where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, you ready to kind of dig in? I'm ready. Okay. Let's start (laughs) with your childhood. My goodness. Um, I love to hear about like people's kind of (laughs) earliest sparks of creativity. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear kind of what you were like as a creative child, what what your energy was like as a kid. So fun. We were all creators, I think, as kids. In your family. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think too, I, I need to pay homage to, you know, my parents yeah. and our grandparents, you know, you kind of all come from 100%. somewhere and you're taught that. So I, I had a creative home and I can thank my parents for that. Always reading stories and music yeah. was huge. Great. Um, I think it's funny. I'm embarrassed to say this, but the earliest, um, memory my mom has of me is she's went to like Walmart I think it was Kmart at the time before yeah. Kmart closed down. Kmart. <laughs> yeah, Kmart. Remember that? <laughs> and it was those long, cheap, you know, framed mirrors you can get. Yeah. And she just stuck it up vertically in my room as yeah. a kid. And 
it like became my best friend. Yeah. I hope not in a vain way, but it was more no. like, um, it wasn't even so much an imaginary friend. It was more just like, Hey, I can perform. I can see what I look like. Totally. I can I talk to myself and, and that's it, practice. It was practice. And I didn't even realize it. Um, and then as I got older, you know, they had really great outlets for us. Not, uh, not only in, in, you know, with music and choir and singing lessons and piano lessons, but also sports, which was great. But then, um, I started writing yeah. as a kid and I remember, I remember specifically in grade four, I really liked writing stories and, um, they got really <laughs> intricate and That's way too long and way too dialogue heavy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> my teachers would comment and be like, wow, thanks. Yeah. You overdid that by like, you know, four pages, but yeah. I appreciate it. Don't know what's happening in this under the sea, you know, um, scenario of yours, but, um, they, they were very praiseworthy and it was very nice to have that support. And That's I also awesome. had, um, I remember we danced all the time in the living room as kids. You had those like, weird competitions. And then I, I remember the first song that I had wrote on the piano. Yeah. My brother like tormented me relentlessly about Older it. Older brother? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I think it was all on the black keys because I thought it was really cool. It is cool. Right. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it was called Sunrise Up. I love it. Okay. I have questions. Where are you in like the birth order and like how many kids in the family? Yeah. So um, we have more steps involved now. We've okay. got... Um, yeah. Cause we, my family separated, um, sure. and divorced when I was eight years old, but at okay. the time growing up as a child, we had four, um, my okay. oldest brother, um, and then, I, he was adopted. Um, so I had two older brothers Okay, and one younger sister. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I guess kind of in the middle the stereotype middle child. That yeah. was, that was I me. <laughs> and then, okay. So I'm, I, I love, I really, I totally agree with you that like the family, you know, the generational context matters so much in, in regards to nurturing creativity. Um, and I, I don't know, I just find like our creative origins, like fascinating. Are there any, um, professional artists of any medium, like in the family? Yeah. So it's really interesting. And I didn't know this at the time. I, I'm going to, I'm going to call on both sides too. Cause there's, there's a lot there. Um, even with my steps, but my step parents, but with my, my bio parents, my dad, he didn't really learn English till he was around 12 or 13 years old. Um, I'm Native American. Yeah. Are you from Canada? I'm from Canada. Okay. Yeah. Got my green card. I'm awesome. a legal alien. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's really welcoming. <laughs> and um, growing, so it was very isolated where the okay. reservation was, the our village. Yeah. And But they loved music. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know this, but as I got older, um, my grandpa my baba yeah my grandpa nice he actually played almost every instrument in the band and he was wow. the conductor wow and it was kind of like a big band jazz cool so it was really interesting to have that culture on a reservation of native americans totally. that were totally sold was there also like indigenous music in the community yes it was a hybrid it's really interesting and it was Please also a hybrid of everything. like religious Christian music too. Yeah. So, you know, my, my grandmother loved the song, the old rugged cross, but they also had drumming and, um, you know, songs for, for yeah. feasts and for, you know, different things, depending on what it was, a wedding sure. or a funeral or, um, yeah. So it was a hybrid of all That's those things. Great. And yeah, so that, so he was really, um, 
everyone kind of knew him as the the music man in the village. Yeah. And I think one of his idols was like Louis Armstrong. Cool. So he, yeah. It's <laughs> as, our, as our, he's an idol of so many of ours. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in jazz studies. Amazing. So that's kind of like my sort oh. of, I don't know. I went through that on the way to kind of what I'm doing now. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks. That's so cool. And so on my, on my, my mom's side, I should say not so much like, professional artists but um my grandfather um was hungarian from canada but it was world war ii and he met my grandmother in england okay she was an english war bride and where they met was in the club had a swing (laughs) like you know (laughs) in the club (laughs) yeah no they were dancing so they were big into dancing and music and my mom says she remembers them pulling out drawers and the the kids sleeping in the drawers because they had people come over with like a drummer and a a musicians come over and they would have well just like a dance wow i love that so your dad is native american and your mom is hungarian and english wow okay cool so many like so okay i I never know like exactly how to how to ask this question but i'm curious like if you can speak to your family culture in in terms of like just creativity rather than the arts per se Mm -hmm. like was it was there like discussion in the family exploration like how did you kind of learn like those values yeah that's a great question because i feel like they're not exactly the same no some families are very like you know maybe they're like really into politics and science and that can be like creative too like lots of creative thinking and kind of like thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. i'm curious about that stuff in addition to like the arts right i mean uh thank goodness i had um parents that were talkers yeah. And it's so important. my mom's a teacher. Cool. So she really wanted to cultivate that us in that us in that in you. Thank Got you. It. I couldn't say that. It's Friday <laughs> evening and like, yeah, brains are mushy and that's right. We have radical acceptance. Thanks for making an excuse We're, for me. I appreciate that. I'm there with you. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. And so I remember her having us do um, creative writing and, you know, numbers and math and all wow. that stuff during the summer as well. Um, uh, books children's books were always read so I remember like uh Robert Munch and uh Shel Silverstein were read in the bed like that was our place to go and like in Dr. Seuss poetry is so like valuable for little kids I think like developing that sense of like meter and rhyme the rhythm and the rhyme and I and you can't really quite recall maybe you know memorize word for word but you remember like the rhythm the of feeling. it yeah totally. and, and the rhymes and you're like oh that was fascinating and the pictures that went with it of course yeah um so that was um it was encouraged um and you mean just in my immediate family or I as think, well as yeah, the culture like just i mean yeah any family that was like had an effect on you know your your growing personality mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean they had us in my mom let us really try and my dad let, let us try whatever we wanted. In the end, we ended up in a small town. Um, once, you know, my parents both remarried. Um, I should probably mention my stepsister as well. She's, we had, we have five kids now. Cool. There's actually more. There's, there's How long six, did you seven, live <laughs> like in the reservation? So I actually moved off when I was two years old. Okay. Um, my brothers remember it. We okay. moved 15 minutes into the white part of town. Yeah. If that makes sense. Can, I mean, I grew up in Arizona and I, I grew up like, yeah, about 15 minutes from a reservation, but it was like 
I, I never went there. You know, it, yeah. it was like the, all of the kids from the reservation went to the same high school as me. So, mm-hmm. and, and the same kind of elementary school. So I, I knew like a bunch of kids from the reservation, but it was like, I don't know, it, it they might as well have been like different worlds. It I, really, I it, it feels now. very segregated, yeah. not necessarily purposely by you, but it I just, mean, it feels I untouchable think, in a way. I think it must be on purpose by someone. <laughs> like I don't, it wasn't on purpose yeah. by me. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think about it a lot now and mm. feel kind of like, I, I realize kind of how like fucked up that is. Like, oh. But as a child, I think like, I mean, you have no tools for that, but I, I think about it a lot now. Yeah. And I'm aware now that I'm really lucky in the sense that I got to live in both worlds. Yeah. I got to go and visit, you know, my cousins and aunties and uncles who all still live there, you know, but I also have this, you know, white community part of me where I, I was really given the best of the best. I was given all those opportunities. And, um, for a long time, to be honest with you, I've, I've felt like an imposter on both sides a little bit. I was going to ask about that. Like, cause I I can imagine that also being like an important factor in just your, your creative journey. And, Mm. you know, in this podcast, like I love to talk with people about like their identity as an Mm -hmm. artist. Um, and I can imagine that being like a, you know, a source of maybe tension and also a lot of kind of curiosity for you. Yeah. That's really wise of you to say that it, I think it's true as a creator for me, you got it. You have to know who you are. You have to be authentic and true to yourself. And if you don't know that it blocks, totally it's blocking, you know, whatever project or whatever, you know, like the direction, even of the decisions that you're making. And so you know, even in, um, that bio that I sent you about myself, I, I, that bio would have been so different five years ago Yeah. because five years ago, I wasn't kind of going, I was too afraid to touch my culture, my, my past and to say, Hey, this is who I am. I'm this and I'm this and and I'm all, all these different, awesome, amazing colors of the rainbow. Um, but I didn't, what, what if, what if this person thought, you know, maybe you shouldn't try this because you're not, you're not, first nations enough you know or or maybe and and that's the hard thing it's really hard yeah I've been dealing with some you know I mean it's different but I think like I'm um I'm I'm in a place right now I'm I'm 33 so I I think of myself as being like young but like old enough to like have learned a few things right (laughs) hopefully I have plenty of learning left to do but I've been thinking a lot lately about family and kind of generational culture Mm -hmm. and um I think I'm in a place where I'm kind of like purposefully sort of rejecting like a lot of my family culture um because I don't know that the culture of my family is you know I don't I don't see them as creative people or open-minded people Hmm. and that's been something that's been like I don't know like it's not an easy thing it's not something like you know to kind of step away from a family culture is also like that's a big that's hard thing. oh yeah. my goodness that's very hard it's thank you it, it's yeah. okay I mean I feel like I feel like it's the right decision but all this to say like I understand you know how difficult these kinds of things can be well it's yeah it's, it's similar in the sense that you feel like you're um held on to by something and you got to break free exactly what whatever that may be whether it be like the culture whether it be your parents whether it be totally. you know um yourself yeah yeah it's it's all the same to kind of have to say, okay, 
Here's I like, am here's who I am, branch. and I'm not yeah. apologizing for it. Exactly. And it feels right. The messy parts feel right. I'm just going to grow, and I'm going to learn. And um, yeah, it's that. I feel like right now in my life, I can honestly say, I'm starting to find that sweet spot yeah. where I'm like, oh, this this is what I'm supposed to be yeah. doing. Because before, I felt like I was really trying really hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, it was just like the it was like, kind of like either the not feeling. the right time. It was just stuck. Yeah. I was stuck, and I was maybe going to the wrong auditions. I, I wasn't honed in on what was really authentic to me. Yeah. And saying no to the right things and yes to the right things. It's huge and big, and I feel like one of my favorite things to talk about with my guests is like what I sometimes call like a meta creativity, like <laughs> being creative and like how you view your life, how you view kind of like the role you play in your life and. I don't know. I'm really fascinated by those kind of like bigger picture, like reframing. Kinds yeah. Of things. Yeah. I really do think it, uh, it is, is we weird as it sounds, you know, the journey to find ourselves really does define who we are as artists. Totally. I mean, how could it not? Mm -hmm. I think, I think it just, this is true for all people like artists or not. I think maybe the difference is artists have an obligation to be introspective mm. in a way that, you know, maybe some other people don't have to like maybe they might but they maybe don't have to right but i right. think for artists if if you're not kind of working on integrating or separating you know i don't know you're gonna have problems <laughs> right yeah. and, and so having said that i you know you hear that thing oh we feel too much oh yeah <laughs> I, I mean I, for me i was a very <laughs> sensitive kid i was a very shy kid yeah i um i wasn't that kid that was like no, just, no you're fine i like i just like to um wake up the screen so that I can just make sure it's still recording mm -hmm. every time it falls asleep, which it's got to just touch it. You just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just better safe than sorry. You know, make sure that like a red, the red line is still going. <laughs> so you're shy as a child. And oh, feeling I, too much. Well, yeah. I was very sensitive. And I think with combined with external circumstances with my own DNA, um, yeah. I became, um, unfortunately and fortunately a people pleaser yeah I hear you yeah um I wanted to ask before so in the siblings and you can like include steps include how whoever you want mm -hmm. were you like kind of uniquely like creatively inclined or mm -hmm. are there several of you that were kind of at that age you know in your childhood sort of equally you know, I would say all of them had their own creativity in their own okay. ways, but I would say if the, you were to ask them, they would probably say the standout people were me and my eldest brother. Okay. My eldest brother actually, um, got things rolling sooner than I did. He was, he was quite a bit older than me and he, um, unfortunately struggled a lot, um, too with uh, drug addiction and yeah. he was homeless on the streets for a while. Um, but he got clean in jail. Wow. <laughs> And Good that's kind him. of where he says he found words, but he was always a really bright kid. He, wow. he read like all the JR tokens when he was 12 and yeah. he, he really, really loved, um, reading and, and he was very verbose and had a wide vocabulary, but that's where he really started to kind of hone in on it. And he didn't know what it was. I remember he came home one day and he was like, you know, it was after his, um, term and he had said, Hey, I want to show you some of these drawings, these kind of doodles I had and these like words that I'd written down. And it kind of felt like a rap to me. And I was like, what is it? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but oh, he actually that. became a slam poet and cool. he eventually started winning a lot of competitions and 
started traveling and touring all over the country and um, people wow. in that, in that his, his KS Jackson is, is, is what he went by. And cool. um, in that community, everyone knew him. Um, yeah. He, I love that kind yeah. of thing. And it's one thing like just reading your bio that like, I, I, I love so much like creativity that just kind of must exist. And it's like, I don't know what medium I go in and like, uh, you have, you do so many things, which I just <laughs> like, problem. I love it. I, I, I mean, I think like creativity is, it's like its own energy. Mm -hmm. It's its own kind of entity a lot mm -hmm. of the time. And for those of us that kind of like, I don't know, it gets a hold of us or we get a hold of it. It's just like, I, I love the kind of like unruliness of that like creative impulse. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, yeah. did you, did you kind of feel like I'm artistic, I'm creative as a child? Or was that something you kind of like put a name on later? Well, I don't, I thought every child wanted to be a rock star and on yeah. stage. Um, I thought every child wanted to be, you know, I, I mean, famous quote unquote, but like a, in the movies, right? Yeah. Um, not every child does. Not every Nowadays, child does. I think maybe more do, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of kids are, are fascinated by like, you know, these kind of larger than right. life adults that we see. Well, and, and I thought maybe as I, you know, hit puberty, I was like, well, it was probably just a fantasy. Right. And you kind of yeah. push it and you're in a small town and what do you do? You play sports yeah. in a small town. So I was highly involved in sports and I, I was still in band. I played the trumpet and, um, you know, student council, I did volleyball, basketball, badminton. Wow. It, yeah. And then it was my grade 12 year that, you know, 500 people from grades nine through 12. So we all knew each other. And my sister who was two years younger than me happened to be in a drama class. And she came to me and she said, Hey, um, <laughs> the school is putting on their first theater show we don't have anyone to audition. Do you want this role by default? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was Harvey. Do you know Harvey, the invisible rabbit? It's a story. Yeah. It's an yeah, older, yeah. it's an older play. It's funny though. It's a cute little, um, was it a musical or a straight cool, full length? Straight yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Wow. And anyways, I got to play this role called Mrs. Chumley. I can't believe I remember the character name. And so I had, yeah, I was like, cool. Why not? And I, we rehearsed together and it was, it wasn't a huge role, but, it was a role. And I remember one of the bigger scenes I was in, I completely forgot my lines. We only had one show, by the way, which yeah. also says a that's lot about crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like that, all that work and only one, one performance, show. That's pressure. And I forgot my lines on stage, but I was like, I just instinctively stayed in character and started like making it part, like the mess up was part of it. It was like almost like improv yeah. and it people started like laughing yeah. and I, and I left the stage and I was like I'm so sorry to my director and he's like that was perfect they're look at it they're loving it they're laughing that's great and what I just got the teacher. bug oh yeah. he was so nice yes he was a sweetie um and yeah so I got the bug I think that was the first time I really had tasted again that creativity minus yeah. you know because I was in band and music yeah, and little I knew flickers. right little flickers here and there but that was like whoa my mom's like you know what do you want to do when you leave high school and oh. I and at that point, it was just, oh, general studies, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I can just tell by the way you said, like you quoted your mom, that she was ready for you to give like any answer. Is that right? She she was, and she wasn't. Because okay. that generation was very, I mean, my parents 
they're hardworking for a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, you think more logically in terms of finances. Yeah. So that whole, you it's know, subject conservative. Talk about with so many of my guests. Really? So many. It's hard because you want to really please hard. them and you, and you're like, yeah, that's logical. I need to find something, a backup plan that yeah. is going to help support me as an artist. But, um, my parents so, were like deeply unsupportive of me pursuing music. Really? So I like, I, yeah. And I, a lot oh, of my so guests ha- say similar things. I think the majority of the people that I talk to have parents that tell them, you know, you, of course you should pursue painting, writing, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, but a good chunk, especially of people who come from like conservative backgrounds, I think have parents that are like, that's not a job. Well, they struggled and they don't want us to struggle. They love us. And it's not that she didn't, she, they never clipped my wings. Yeah. But I could tell they weren't, they weren't like in the ring cheering me on necessarily yeah. for a while. Cause they didn't know they were like, Oh, what if she gets hurt? Yeah. What if she doesn't make it? What if she's not talented enough? And we don't want to tell her that. I mean, those are questions that we keep asking you know, absolutely like, throughout our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, always, the thing I always come back to is like, you gotta let people try. You just like, you don't want to have that regret of like, what if I didn't right. like kids can figure these things out on their own. Uh, yeah. Something I say on the podcast so frequently is like, you know, if you have a little kid that tells you they want to be an astronaut, you just say like, great. You don't say that's not really practical. Cause like being an astronaut isn't really practical either. You know? Right. Like that's true. But it's almost like the arts are like, there's something a little different. It, it really does bother me. And I'm not sure if it was in your one of your podcasts I was listening to or somewhere else, but that just in general, in our North American culture, I'm not sure about the rest of the world. Yeah. We don't really value that monetarily. No, we really don't. We don't, yeah. we don't appreciate it for what it really is. We don't treat it like a, a real job. It's just yeah. like, oh, they're over there. You know, those yeah. just like flittering their life away. Totally. They're not committed. They're not professional. Yeah. Which is when like we all, we all know like artists are grinding. Oh, we're like, hustling. We're grinding. <laughs> we're trying to make it work. Yeah. We're, it's the industry of rejection. So for sensitive creatures, we're constantly having to have thick Isn't skin. Just ridiculously ironic. Like I talk about this with my therapist all the time. Like how did I get myself like out of a really harsh childhood and into such a harsh profession? Like <laughs> how did I just like propagate this loop? How did I like the trauma has continued. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I tangled up like the thing that brings me the most joy with like the thing that's the most sort of like triggering. <laughs> like it's oh all like gosh. looped up. Tell Amen. me this, when you were little and you had these visions of being a rock star, were those like private, like your own kind of little secret? Or were you like telling your siblings and adults and teachers like, were you out loud about it? I th- I think I stopped being loud about it when I saw reactions. Okay. What kind of reaction? So like I was probably around eight years old when I was like, Ooh, I I better keep this to myself. Yeah. Oh, that's just, just that it, well, and I was oversensitive. I could have been like, no, this is what I'm going to do. But they'd be like, Oh, well, that's great, honey. But that's not really realistic. I think those stories matter though. Like, and it's one thing to kind of look back as an adult on Mm -hmm. your child self and be like, well, I could have had, you know, I could have been more stubborn about it, but like, you're eight, you know, you're like right. A baby. I didn't have Beyonce's dad pushing me on, you know, I didn't have, sure. I didn't, but at the same time, I didn't have enemies. Like yeah. when I got my, my, they were very supportive. They said, what do you want to do? And you know, in my when you're senior, senior year, senior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I said, well, Hey, like, I really want to try to go to this art school. I heard, I, I think it'd be really cool. And I talked to the council, the school counselor about it. 
And this was just so new to them because it was literally my last semester that I'd had that play that yeah. they were like, uh, okay, well, sure. Kind of like, yeah, we'll let you do your thing and then let's get you back on board to like yeah. a real degree kind of yeah. thing. And so I auditioned for this art school, Grant McEwen in Canada, um, which okay. is theater arts, uh, all applicable acting, singing and dancing. Okay. So we had like had one sit down class, which was music theory. Everything else was you're on your feet, you're doing cool. stuff, which was really was such an amazing program, but I didn't get in my first year. Okay. And then I took a year of general and I was like, I'm going to try again with the exact same audition. Cause I didn't know any better. I didn't do nothing really about acting world. And and they, I don't know, they must've felt bad for me or something, but they did let me in. Or they just respected like that chutzpah. Like, <laughs> I mean, really though, like I love so much hearing stories of young people having that resilience. I think it's, we lose so many creatives around the age, like 18, 19 because of like a rejection like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's all just like so jumbly. Like it mm -hmm. could be that like, you know, you didn't get like quite the validation that you like maybe wanted right. when you were a little kid. Right. And so you had some resilience sort of in reserves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes I, I get worried a little bit when I, cause I teach a lot of kids and teens Okay. and I get worried sometimes when they get too much praise because I'm like, it's going to get hard at some point. And yeah. like, you need to know that this is f for you. Like you need to be building that in your soul because like when you inevitably will get rejections. That's true. So you're, yeah. So in a sense that that really served me as a kid. I wonder about that with myself too. Like it's unknowable, right? Like, cause sometimes people who become, you know, successful artists have only praise and so much praise and so much validation. Oh yeah. You got, so it's yeah. Hard to know. I've heard it's that on both sides. You, you just kind of have to stay grounded and not listen to the good or the bad comments. I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I kind of think like the people who are able to stick with it, um, you know, and I would define success pretty loosely as just like, you know, you could define it as like, you make your living doing it. You could also define it as like, you keep doing it, you know, yeah. like whether, and I think both of those are like great definitions of success. But I think for people who are going to be successful by either of those definitions, the biggest thing you need is like an, a deep and abiding love of like your mediums. That's the thing that like nobody can kind of take away from you. A hundred percent. They can't take that away. And you can't stifle that after a while if it's calling to you right it's so hard you can yeah. stifle it for years and then you're miserable well for me <laughs> and yeah. then you're like whoa what am I doing I've what I heard that from so many of my guests too yeah yeah you... like a dormant period oh. I, I kind of actually really like stories of a of a dormant period because coming back to the arts after that period mm -hmm. especially in your adulthood mm. like if your dormant period is from like 30 to 40 you're like, speaking my language right that's now that's hardcore coming <laughs> back to it after that yeah i want to hear all about it well <laughs> this will help you i'm 39 okay great yeah so have you had a little a little quiet period i am starting now and uh, I, I i can say i'm truly starting now i had a lot of training yeah. incredible professional training um, but I was finding myself, I yeah. was experiencing life. I was making mistakes. I was too afraid. I was letting fear get the best yeah. of me. Um, I was trying one, like I, you know, modeling cause people told me, Oh, you got a model. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. I'll do that. It didn't it, like, it was great, but it wasn't like really edifying that sure. inner need to create. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, or, Hey, now you got to be, cause I'm in my second marriage now. Hey, you got to be married now and be this perfect 
yeah. wife and you got to put everything into that and forget about, yeah. you know, put, put you on the back burner for four totally years. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know how to balance. I didn't know how to stand up be an advocate for myself. Totally. I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't believe. Yeah. Does that make sense? I just 100%. didn't believe it. Was, I was like, it's either this or that. I mean, I, yes, I understand this like deeply in my core. <laughs> like, okay. And it's, it's like, again, it's just like, I don't know. These stories of creative resilience are so beautiful. And I also like, I just reject this idea that I think we have in North American mm-hmm. culture. I don't know enough about other places to know for sure, but mm-hmm. we have such a weird idea that like, we need to have all of our decisions made by the time we're like 22. Right. Which is insane. Or that our career is over by the time we're 30 as women. Yeah, yes. Keyword as women. Yeah. As women. I hear it. I right. hear you. We're not aging like fine wine, like, you know, George Clooney or Idris Elba. Yeah. But, well, I think we are. But we are. But we, but we, yeah. are. Yeah. we are. But our culture just isn't like ready to see it yet. No. But I do think like these stories of resilience, they like of creative resilience, they also just speak to like the longevity of like our evolution as individual, you know, uh, primates. We just, we have long lives and I, I so prefer the idea that like we keep, we keep evolving and there's seasons. Yeah. I, I think I got down on myself for so long being like, what was I doing? I just wasted 15, 10 years. I'm a late bloomer, blah, 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 blah. When really I said, no, that was just a season. I needed that. I needed that to be inspired now. Definitely. Look where I, look how much stronger I am now. And screw them. I'm going to, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to be a 50 year old star. I believe you. (laughs) I think I see it. I believe you. And I also just think like, who knows what we're each dealing with? You know, we're all dealing with different stuff, you know, as you are working to kind of like integrate like these different branches of your family, different kind of you know, figuring out like what, which of these values that I've been presented are values that I'd like to keep and pass down. And which of these values are things that I'm going to say, like, you're not mine. This doesn't belong to me. Yes. And I think for some of us, you know, those are just harder puzzles to solve than for other people. That, yeah, that's such a key component. It feels Um, like that to me anyway. Yeah. It, oh yeah. The, the (laughs) trauma from, from generation to generation and then what, yeah, what you decide to use and take away and how that's going to affect you. And really it is up to you. That's something else that I think has been huge in my artistry and the projects and the work ethic I have now, which is realizing that my external circumstances are not in control of me. They, they impact me. It's great to understand them. It's great to heal from them and take that time. And then what do we do with it? It's totally. our responsibility to have that agency and that freedom to make something of it and to realize now is a gift. What, you know, I had to stop fearing the future. I had to stop regretting the past. Yeah. This right now, today, whatever, you know, this this is the next step, right? Yeah. And um, I really yeah. agree with that. It's a hard thing to remember. Like, I feel like I I have like these moments where I'm like, yes, it all makes sense. It's all fine. We're just like on this journey. And then some days I also feel like, oh, why is it in the taking bathroom? so long? And yeah. yeah. Like yeah. why, you know, why is my like hard work not worth as much as someone else's, which oh. is just, you know, these are just things we go through as I think as women, we compare it's extra hard. And I think we live in a place that's tricky in some ways, but mm. okay. I have Utah's hard. It, it is like there yeah. are just cultural pressures that are just, 
tricky to solve. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the time that you do this play or like you're kind of graduating from high school, Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I've, I've kind of gathered all your mediums. So you've done dancing at this point, you've done singing, you play trumpet. So I, uh, I wouldn't say I was a dancer. I didn't have any professional dance lessons. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Not until college now. Right. I do. I have, yeah, I, I would say intermediate level. Okay. I got that in college in both my degrees. Um, I went to a lot of dances though. So we had rhythm and we danced in the rhythm. living room Okay, and we were, it was more of a comedic act. It was like, who was the funniest dancer? And let's rank you on a scale of one to 10. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, um, but I did have, my mom was great and my dad was great about encouraging music lessons for us. Piano. So piano, singing, um, choir, instrument, in, you know, the, the trumpet. trumpet. And then I learned how to play the guitar in college. Um, okay. when I, after a rough breakup, wow. I was just really depressed and I was like, Ooh, let's pick up this acoustic. Did any of those, um, instruments, like, what do I want to ask? So during your teen years, you're doing all this creative stuff, but you're maybe not kind of going like, I'm an artist, No, but yeah. were any of those mediums like, um, things that you kind of like outwardly were like trying to be excellent at where like, even if you're like, I'm not going to do this in college, but like I'm doing these competitions and I'm really practicing a lot. Oh, deep down. I wanted that solo. Okay. Deep down. I was like, this is what I was wondering. Oh, it was like (laughs) that thing that I wouldn't, it was my secret. Yeah. I don't want to tell anyone that I'm like, want to be the best performer. I don't want to tell everyone that I want to be that. Why did they get the solo? Why didn't I get the solo? How do I get better? And, um, you were like practicing oh, that like private motivation. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I was an envious, jealous kid of other people that were able to do that. Um, I better we than get me. to forgive our child <laughs> selves for like bad, like yeah. toxic mindsets. Like right. you don't know better when you're a child, but Your it was brain the thing. Is literally undeveloped. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Still, still it's underdeveloped, yeah, but I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I just, it was, it was so scary and it still is scary, but it was just like, I don't want to say this. It w- it felt like if I said that I wanted to be an actor, if I wanted to be a singer, if I wanted to be yeah. on professional stages and making millions of it's dollars, so like even my, I got a life coach cause I wanted to get serious. And she, the, it was so hard. The first question she asked me was how much money do you want to make Ooh, as an artist? Scary question. <laughs> well, that's because you're like, oh, I don't want to be a jerk about it and I, say I want to be a billionaire. But I, I know that she doesn't want me to say, oh, I'd be fine with like you know a hundred thousand a year too. So yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I don't know. Uh, I like, and in my mind, this is actually true. I, I've gotten over the fame thing. Like I, that doesn't seem really desirable to me anymore. But yeah. I do want to be compensated for my art. And yeah. so I thought, okay the best of both worlds as in, in the acting world would be like a C-lister. I still get really great money. Yeah. I still get credit. Um, I'm still out there. People know me, but I have my anonymity. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I totally. can walk to the I grocery I store. <laughs> literally the exact same as a musician. Like I want to like, cause I'll be asked similar questions. Maybe not, maybe not money, but maybe more like how many, how many like dedicated fans would you like to have? You know, right. and like, I'll such think a weird about question. this and be like, I don't know, 10,000. Like, yeah, it's such a 5, weird thousand. Yeah. Well, because, and that's such a weird thing too. Cause it feels like a popularity thing. Like, and you feel selfish by saying that, Oh, I know, but a, that's what art is. Like you, you kind of have to have a following. It's so messy. Like I, I totally agree. Like we want art to be this thing. That's like so pure, 
But it's like if you're if you if you're going to ask an individual to devote as much time as they need to devote in order to make good art, mm-hmm. you have to pay them. <laughs> like period. The yeah. end. Um, yep. It doesn't work otherwise. Otherwise, it, it you know it's not to say that there aren't people who are hobbyists who are spending a, a hobbyist's amount of time who are making. Um, art that matters like it's and that's not to say 100%. that percent, and yeah. it does it exists and i'm gonna ask you this which is you've worked for free oh yeah i mean you- i do this podcast for free like i don't make any money doing this i work for free all the time i do have pretty solid boundaries on which kinds of things i'll do for free mm-hmm. like it's the best i feel like it's the best i can do right but yeah it is really really tricky um because to- you want to do it like you want i you want that role it. oh my goodness i would love to write for everyone and right you know i don't have all the time in the world though and time time unfortunately is the money factor right that's what i'm saying like if you want somebody to be able to devote enough time to create longevity to really Mm -hmm. create growth like at some point you either that either that person either needs to be getting paid for their time or they need to just be like independently wealthy like they need to have like a trust fund you know yeah, like trust fund babies for sure people have to have income that's just how our our culture works mm-hmm. but it is tricky and i think like you know depending on how you've been raised like it, there can be a lot of guilt kind of wrapped up in like being asked to be paid for your art yeah um and and it is messy i was just talking about this with another guest recently like when you know if if push comes to shove like if I was, if I knew I was never going to get paid for anything, would I still make art? Yeah, yes, I would. Yes. Um, but that doesn't uh, mean yeah. that it's like how it should be. That's why we're putting ourselves yeah. through this. That's the only thing I can yeah. think of. I, Oh, what's that guy? Uh, John Lippman that used to give those. I don't know. him. Oh, uh, anyways, he, I can't remember the, he used to have these famous, um, interviews with like lots of, um, excuse me, lots of a okay. list celebrities and it was fat they were fabulous and he it was at um it was in new york yeah. i think and for the for one of their colleges out there and i remember was it he was talking about dustin hoffman and he was saying that dustin hoffman it was kind of like it was like dumb luck to get famous mm-hmm. and they asked him the same question would you be doing art if yeah and he's like yeah i'd be somewhere probably still in Arizona, wherever I was at a small theater, because it's what I love. Even if that meant I had a day job to pay for my bills at night, I'd be rehearsing. Gosh, it really is like, it's a topic that I am obsessed with (laughs) this idea of like, I, I think we have such a kind of a perverse idea in our culture that the artists who deserve to be famous will be famous, which is bullshit. Of course. Oh, so there are so many, we're, ridiculously brilliant people mm-hmm. who just are scraping by. Yes. And there are a lot of people who are kind of lame who get really famous <laughs> so, on their parents. Merit, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to like, it's hard to find our way, like to maintain kind of artistic integrity. Oh yeah. It's really, really Cause you don't want to sell out to, cause that's yeah. a scary place. It doesn't get easier. I think people think that, Oh, once, once I'm here, it'll be, no, I don't think, I think it all has issues. And if you can't deal with the present, then you're not going to be able to deal with that I either. Wholly agree. So, and yeah. you, and that's what I'm saying about leaning into the season of your life too. I think that's something that's really been helpful for me is 
well, my brother, so my eldest brother, the one that I said was a yeah, poet, he poet. actually, yeah, he, he passed away. I know uh, it's okay. It was, um, it was just a tragic accident that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And, um, anyways, I remember though, one of the last memories I had talking to him was, um, he, cause I was like really pushing, really pushing hard to get every audition and get myself noticed and, Oh, look sexy for this person and wear this color shirt for this person and make yeah. myself look like this for the, Ugh. you know, cause you're yeah. just trying so hard and yeah. you're like, and you think that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed yeah. to be hustling. And even that meant letting go of your own integrity. Yeah. And, um, I remember I told him this, and I'm like, I'm trying so hard. How come I can't get ahead? Like you, it just seems to be coming for you. And he was like, yeah, I can't explain it, but it was the right time. And things just started happening, Shiloh. And it kind of just attested to the season of life that if it's not really like where you want it to be, yeah, it's not meant to be yet. I l- I'm glad you said that. I think I think about this sometimes, and it's just it's like impossible to know. Like, is this true, or because like, we don't know the future? Yeah. But I think sometimes, like, you know, I ask myself, like, if things were to kind of like you know take off, and like I had a song get placed on like a you know a big tv show right. or got on like a you know a big playlist or Spotify, something like that yeah, yeah something like billboard. that like would I be like ready and sometimes I think like I don't know like sometimes <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like maybe I don't want it <laughs> yeah sometimes I kind of feel like I'm not quite ready I need a couple more years of therapy like, yes I need a few more because I yeah. do because I am like I said you know maybe 20 minutes ago now, I, I do feel like I'm kind of in this place where I'm still kind of trying to like parse out, like, what are the values I'm keeping? Who do I want to be kind of moving forward? Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm, I might be still a little too confused. So. You know that like, I mean, I commend you for that. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's amazing. You said that I think being self-aware in anyone, in any profession, anyone, you have to, to have a growth mindset. You have to be self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, then you're trying, it's humility, right? It's yeah. like looking at ba- balancing and checking yourself every totally. day to say, what, what can I do a little bit better in my personal life and for my yeah. growth and for my relationships with others and in my art. Totally. And How to kind work. of like slowly let go of like, you know, the types of fears that we have. Like, I mean, I'm sure like if my career was going to like blow up I would figure it out. You know, like I would figure you it would. out. But you seem I like a very astute person. You're <laughs> very you. organized. <laughs> I, I do. I am organized. I will give myself that. <laughs> but yeah, I think sometimes like I'm still a little soft in like places that are not like safe to kind of go out into the big scary world. Like what? Oh, I don't know. I mean, lately I've been thinking a lot about family. Um, like I said before, I feel like I'm kind of like, I don't like my family's value system. And I think I, I went, I, I broke contact with my dad two years ago. So that was a big step. I'm, so, I'm sorry or happy. I'm, I'm not sure how to it's respond both. to that. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. thanks. It's both. And and my mom, who was really narcissistic and very abusive, passed away two years before that. Oh my gosh. So it's big things, you know? Like, yes. And then um, I was raised LDS and my yeah. family. Are, are you LDS? I am. You are. But I. It's fine. I've been on both yeah. roads. Well, the way that I kind of feel about it is like, is so much of it comes down to family culture. Like mm-hmm. is, you know, this religion presented in like a totally toxic way in your family culture or in like a nice way in your family culture. And in, right. in my family culture, it's toxic. So, Oh yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Yes. 
Um, but so I think yeah. it's just like these, you know, these kind of slowly, but I realized recently, like I, I will say this, like not, I don't know how interesting it is, but I, I realized recently that as I'm kind of presenting things to the world, like mm-hmm. as I'm releasing the music that I'm making, as I'm writing things, um, I feel like I'm almost like a, I have, I have a foot in either door. Like I have a foot in a door that like, I kind of imagine like my aunts, uncles, grandparents, like siblings, cousins, whatever, looking at the thing and and trying to think like, I want to avoid a negative reaction from these people. But then also imagining like the people who I think I actually care more about, Mm -hmm. um, which are maybe like, I care more about people who are an underdog. I care more Mm -hmm. about people who are, I don't know, being creative, trying Mm -hmm. to kind of like make change in the world. Um, and I, I don't know that I can make content that is equally pleasing, you know, you're never, ever, ever going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. And I think I'm you can finally be kind of Esther ready to from just, the Bible and yeah. someone's going to think you're ugly. I know. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of like, I think I finally, I've had like a bit of an epiphany about this. I haven't like sorted through all of it, but I think I'm finally kind of ready to just take, just not worry if my family is like doesn't like me so yeah it's hard I still yeah. struggle with that I yeah. of course I mean the people please her I still struggle with it's that it's really hard it's hard you know it's and I said this to people it's actually in my mind would be much easier to perform blindly for a million strangers, strangers. than in a small room with my immediate family 100% oh agree. my gosh not yeah. that they would be super harsh on me my family's awesome but um Maybe something would be, I don't know, but it would just be like, oh my gosh, those are people that you're connected to and have had the they most have an idea of you that. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I find that to be treacherous, vulnerable. <laughs> it's very vulnerable, so vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think I spent a good solid entire decade, all of my twenties mm-hmm. feeling like surely there's a way I can figure out both. And I think I just kind of finally am like, you know, no, I don't think there is. No, there isn't. You just gotta be you. And, and like, and and people can even mean, well, cause someone's going to peg hole you. They're going to say, Oh, Emily's this or Shiloh's this. Yeah. Sure. Peg hole me. But that, then that doesn't define me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just a woman. Yeah. I'm not just a performer. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a wife. Right. There's so many things. 100%. And, and our so- culture is kind of bad at letting us be multiple things. They Do you are. Find that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I really struggle with that too. Like another thing that I kind of like, I feel like I'm still trying to kind of deal with is like a big part of my identity as a person and as an artist is I teach and I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that will ever go away. That That's feels awesome important that you to teach. Me. Yeah. Thanks. I love that. I, I don't, I think a big part of the reason that I don't have kids and I think I'll never have kids Uh is like my trauma with my parents. Uh But I feel like teaching is kind of like my, the way that I, that I allow kind of like nurturing to be like a part of my identity. And that just feels important and it feels like something I never want to lose. But I think our culture, um, with musicians in particular, maybe actors too. Um, I don't know. It's almost like we have this kind of cultural, um, thing of like those who can't do teach and like if you're teaching it means you're like not a real artist oh my gosh well and again that might just be this country because I would say Canadians get a lot more money yeah for teach like my mom was a teacher and and Canadians have much better like artist 
I know and just enough to know that things are better for artists in Canada. A little, well, a little bit because their funding is there for grants right. for, through That's the government. I mean. yeah. yeah. And there's, there's scholarships a little bit more, but down here, it's like when you need money for a film, you, you, you go find it. Find it. Yeah. 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 You go find it. You find a trust fund baby, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, uh, and especially there's not a lot for, you know, just the regular sorry yeah. sorry but the regular white guy but there is yeah. really not a lot for minorities down here either yeah, yeah like yeah. sundance yeah what else yeah totally totally like there's there and i know there's programs out there i've done a lot of research so that you know there's there's um yeah. co- the west coast actually has a couple there's one in seattle too but it's just it's tricky to to, but to te- be multiple things it is and I don't know. I think teachers um, are very well respected in Japan, Australia. They get paid well. My mom yeah. was uh, full disclosure. I'm sorry, mom. I'm saying your your ending salary. She got paid ninety six. Wow. In her final year. That's great. And she could have been paid more, but she yeah. just wasn't in it long enough. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So like, I, teachers are just awesome. Like, I, do you do you deal with like, you know, people just being like okay, but what are you? Like, are you an actor? Are you a musician? Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you struggle with this kind of like pick a lane kind of ethos? Yeah. I struggled with it because I peg hold myself to something. I was like, Oh, I can only do this. Yeah. That's because a lot of people, like they want you to have like your, you know, quote unquote branding, like Mm -hmm. a center lane. And it's like, well, what if my brand is like, I do both. Well, I went to LA as a model, quote unquote, but I was like, but I wanted to be acting. And so I would like, I snuck wow. into like a couple acting classes. I, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do both though, because I was getting branded as a I model totally out there. I totally know this feeling. It's so frustrating and it's so stupid. It, yeah. It's so stupid. It, it's like, hard. Of course you could be an, a model and an actor. Right. But it's almost like, it's also especially dumb because so many actresses are models all the time. Or musicians. But it's like, why can't we... <laughs> don't don't you get it that it can go the other way too yeah like and there are a lot of thank goodness there are a lot of people that came before us that have done both and been in lots of several like Lupita Nyong'o she just wrote a children's book that did beautifully yes she's so cool yeah and then um I mean we all know J-Lo yeah right crossing both worlds again and then oh gosh this is terrible the girl um oh gosh give me a clue I will help can I just we play this game now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, she's in Catch and Release with Jennifer Garner. Okay. She's okay, she's I'm not there yet. Okay, she's uh, seen oh, I'm oh, like, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I haven't seen it. I'm oh like, my gosh. Catch and release, I'm like that one's kind of random. Timothy Oliphant. Like I can think of she, who else is in that. Where's my <laughs> phone? She's in um oh gosh, with Woody Harrelson. She plays next to him in the murder, the American um is that American murder? Oh, I want gosh. so badly to know who you're talking about. Oh my about. gosh. I love her. She's just so natural on, and she hasn't really had any work done. And she's also like, she's a rock star. She's cool. literally in like a kind of like a metal rock band. Amazing. Yeah. Oh gosh. This is so embarrassing. We need to cut so I can find my phone. <laughs> you know, we'll remember later, but, uh, and maybe while you're, you can look for your phone if you want. I can, I can edit. I can chop it out. Find it. Cause I, this is embarrassing. It will though. bother you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. It's almost like when, when we see these people who like, or, or even like, um, I got an advertisement on Facebook last night for like an Adobe conference that Ryan, Ren- Ryan Reynolds is like a keynote speaker because he's doing like, he's doing a lot of entrepreneurship now. And I feel like we're, we're all like here for Ryan Reynolds being an actor 
and then being a business person. Yeah. But we don't like the idea that someone who's a business person could also be an actor. Ooh. Like there's, it's like we see these people having success and then branching out. Who's done that? But we don't like to see it on the other end. I mean, so many people, even like Kristen Bell owns like, you know, Hello Bello. Like, right. But it's like, so if you were, you were already successful, you know, business person, like in the corporate world. Yeah. And you had acting chops. Um, like, uh, John Hamm kind of did that. He was like oh, a, he was yeah. like an English teacher for a long time, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just, I feel like. I feel like when when we've already seen like kind of proof of concept of a person being, you know, many, many things. Jessica Alba is another person who does so many things. Yes. Um, we are yes. like, oh, my gosh, how cool. But then if someone who's like, you know, like where I am or where you are is like, listen, I'm doing all these things. People are like, I don't know if you can really do all of that. <laughs> it's just like an annoying like well and i think yeah script, a script flip i and i'm realizing too because i gosh i'm still the more you learn the more you realize you don't learn like you don't know anything right oh, like, totally and yeah. so i'm i'm learning now that um my <laughs> i've always had like struggle with time management um people that know me know what that means and i yeah. will over commit to a certain amount of time I, mean, I have and thinking I can do, do more. Yeah. Right. And so you think you can do it all. You, you can't necessarily, especially yeah. if you're a mom. Yeah. You like, I can't, I, you could maybe do it all in seasons. Like you said, hundred percent. Yeah. I can do it all in when the time is right. And, and in you retrospect, know, you Shiloh are all of these things, but right. it just like confuses people in a way that it seems very unnecessary yeah. to me. And if you want to build momentum, you know, you do need to stick with, a project or sure. an art form for a while sure. so people can kind of know put you on the map and you know be known for something yeah. you know so like right now for instance I'm writing a children's book and I thought oh for sure I would have had like half my feature film script written by now yeah. ask me if I've started it yeah, <laughs> yeah. no <laughs> I so, haven't okay oh, did you find it um yes Juliet Lewis oh yes I love her yeah she's in um so many things. She's in so many. She's in so many things. She's in so many things. But like, <laughs> why can't we think of them? Right. But like, <laughs> yeah. she's incredible. But yeah. Oh, you know what she was in recently that was amazing is that show with Mark Ruffalo where he plays twins. It's new. You oh, have I got to watch see it. it. What's it called? It's called. It has, it's like a really I love Mark long Ruffalo. title. It's like um. Gosh, I don't know. But he, he plays, plays twins, twins. Oh and gosh. one of the twins is has schizophrenia. Oh, that's. But she's in that and she's like breathtaking. And she's in a new show right now, like some kind of a plane crash situation. Okay. I need to see it. Okay. I haven't watched it. But I, I love- keep seeing ads for it. But she is she is incredible. She's an anomaly, right? Yeah. She she's is. She's her own person. Like that yeah. that would that's someone I would say is very authentic, has not sold out, but also yeah. been in the world of business. And done everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just listened to a um she was on Dax Shepard's podcast recently, I think, and then I was like you know, Googling her and being like, oh my gosh, I'm a new fan of Juliet Lewis. Oh, she was so on deck. Cool. Oh, I have to watch that or listen to that. Yeah. I don't know if they video. I always only listen, but H- it was a great though, interview. right? I've heard of I love them. Yeah. I love listening to like, I love listening to other podcasts where artists are interviewed. Um, 
I don't know. It's weird. Like, like I said, I think we've been kind of talking about this this whole mm-hmm. time, but I think it's easy for kind of the general public to think that, um, the artists who they've heard of are some kind of a different breed than the artists they haven't heard of, oh. which is just simply, it just isn't true. That's yeah. But hearing kind of famous, like people, untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hearing like famous artists talking about their lives, I feel like, you know, I listen and I feel like I totally get that. I feel the same as you, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's, it's clear that we're kind of like cut from similar cloth. Um, okay. So tell me what happened. You went to, you went to this art school, you got <laughs> in that second year and then what? Um, and then it just really, it w- oh, I, I was really immature at that point. I didn't take it as seriously as I, and my professors will tell you that they, they should have been more hard on me. And I, at the time, some of them were hard on me. Mm. Um, but it also opened up a world of discipline, what that looked like, what, what it was expected of you as an actor, especially in theater. I just think it's like of the dance world, it's ballet. Like you have to have some, you don't have to, not everyone does, but it's so good and um, rich to have that experience of interacting with, um, an audience and timing and, um, you know, you can't hide. You cannot hide and you can't get another take. Yeah. And, and the theater, the theater is really, it relies heavily. I would say it's driven by the actors Yeah. because if you don't show up, if you mess up, if you can't get a scene together, that shows a flop, you know, in film, it's the director in TV, it's the producer because it's a lot more money time driven. Right. Right. right, (laughs) right. I mean, thank goodness that's changing though. TV is getting writers it yeah. seems like writers like tv can't happen without writers who are they cannot <laughs> they they've been getting a bad yeah it's starting to get better now thank goodness for for the, the rap were that they you get. doing any writing in college um i'd written stories like english um yeah and I'm, you said you were writing i did stage kid. plays i did a okay. couple of stage plays so i had written like a we did Christmas story one year for a theater production. They're like, Oh, we need like some like little show before, like in the foyer. And yeah, so I did like a 15 minute, um, Christmas comedy, um, spoof. And, uh, I thought that was pretty fun. And then I'd written like another short that I wasn't sure what it was about. It was more like about family. And were you kind of like openly, uh, like having a comedy thing in college? Yeah. Did people like, how did people respond to that? Well, it's hard because they, well, again, I get pegged hold cause you see me and That's I, what, in Utah, I, they don't look at me like the blonde ingenue. I'm not you, short. I'm tall. I'm more exotic looking. So you, you do, I mean, theater too, you get cast as, yeah. um, the villain. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of fun though. Or the Maybe, exotic or, person. Yeah. Like I, I got cast as Titania, you know, in Midsummers, or in, um, oh, I got cast as like, um, in Mephistopheles, I got cast as like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> a female did, version. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, did, did you feel like these roles are fun or did you feel like I am other things? Yes. So and yes. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I loved that. It was, uh, doing heavy villainous, uh, or serious dramatic roles are so great for therapy. Cause you can go home and be happy and let it leave Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. me at least. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Oh, so that's why I got in because I got kept getting typecast. I was like, well, I, I remember in my college years, you know, cause I, that was up in, um, 
not only um, it Grant McEwen, but I got accepted to BYU for their their program as well in theater. Um, BYU Idaho, I should say, um, in music. And okay. down there, I was typecast as the same type of roles. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but we did so much improv. I want to do this. So I got into um, Comic Frenzy okay. and I auditioned to get into that, which was improv troupe. And it was hella scary. Yeah. Improv, comedy improv, terrifying. It's terrifying. I have so much respect for it. I mean, as a jazz musician, I know a bit oh. about improvising. Yeah, no, that's scary. But I feel like comedy improv is way scarier than music improv oh i don't know i think they're both really really vulnerable places to be yeah (laughs) do you play an instrument in jazz by the way i play piano but i sing i just singing is my main instrument amazing yes i've looked at some of your stuff you're phenomenal i don't really do jazz anymore but that's definitely like the um i think my the pop music that i write now Mm -hmm. certainly has like jazz influence but but i'm really glad that i put myself like through that i think it kicked my butt in a way that i like needed no for so, real and that's yeah. what my first program did for me yeah. it gave me it kicked my butt it w- encouraged me it made me expand and try new things yeah. and it was so great um i so wish did, i could go back but did you finish one and then go to grad school in byu idaho or did you do like half and half so i finished the the two-year degree oh, okay. of theater performance um, so this is kind of tea <laughs> for yeah, you. Go for it. I've never shared this publicly. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm ready to share it now. So, uh, you know, when you're that young and with everyone else who's obsessed with acting, it's like your religion, right? Yeah. But that also means you can't have anything else be a priority in your life. Right. Is that right. true? It's not true. Right. It's yeah. not really true. I mean, I, mean, I had it feels true when you're 18. It feels true when you're yeah, 18, 19, 20. Um, and so everyone was like, oh, what's the next school? Well, you know, what do we do? Well, the, the Juilliard of Canada, um, called nationals, it's over in Quebec at the time. I'm not sure if that's the it school anymore, but for straight acting, it's a straight acting program. And so we were, they just set up some auditions and, you know, being the person I'm, I'm like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. So I just, I made a monologue. I thought I, I was really connected with it. I made a really strong choice to actually look at the judges for my monologue. Yeah. I got, um, and I got a call back, wow. which was a really big deal. And That's I never, really I never told anyone <gasps> oh my except my mom. My wow. mom was the only, well, and my sister maybe, but like why no one knew because I wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah. I kind of had a feeling if I pursued it, and maybe not, maybe this is just me being mm-hmm. like totally, but like I, me being so like immature the way I was, I would say, and just, I wouldn't say even immature, just needing to get through time. the trauma that I had experienced as a child. I yeah. was still going through a lot. There was a lot there that I was dealing with. Yeah. My relationships were bad. I didn't have a lot of self-love. And mm-hmm. so going over out East fragile. was, I was, I think I was too fragile at the time. And my mom's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, so I, I, bl- I kicked myself for years thinking, oh, this was just selfish and reckless of me. I went to Hawaii instead and I got a plane yeah. ticket and I went, went for two months by myself and met up with a friend, wow. um, which sounds crazy and stupid. And I could have gone, you know, I had the possibility, um, to go to that school. Um, but I just didn't feel right. And I felt like if I told my peers, they for sure would be like, oh, Shiloh. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, we would die for that. Yeah, we would yeah. kill for that. Um, but looking back on it now, it just wasn't the right thing. Yeah. I think that's really 
I don't know. That's brave. I think that's it's it's a it was a brave decision to have made as a young person. I think like to kind of just have the gut instinct like this isn't this isn't right. Well, yeah, and it was partly it seemed like too much work. Sure, <laughs> it, sure. Se- it seemed like so. I, then that's part of the 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 man, the natural man in me. But it yeah. also didn't feel right. Yeah. So it was both. Yeah. I think. I think that's fine. You know, again, like, it's just like, we take our like windy paths and I hope our paths keep winding, you know? Not that I didn't want it. I wanted it. I always wanted it. I just wasn't ready for it. I can understand that. I mean, that's, that's a tall order for, Mm. for a, a young person to move across the country alone, you know, to maybe not kind of know yet kind of what you're where you want your identity to sit. Thank you. I yeah. feel a lot of, I've, you know, and I still feel a little shame about it. Like just, why couldn't you've just bucked up and, you know, been a little stronger about it. And, and that stuff is hard. Pursued it. Well, I think especially, I mean like, so I, I can say like, I grew up LDS. I left the church six years ago now, mm-hmm. but, uh, I went, I went out of state for college and I went to one of the best schools in the country for music. Amazing. And it was a very, very liberal school and it was very different culturally from where I had grown oh, up. Oh yeah. And I Mine was, was fine with that. Cause I'm such an introvert. Like I just, it didn't, it just didn't, it just didn't affect my like values at all. <laughs> like, and I just want to stop yeah. you right there and just say <laughs> for anyone who's listening, I'm an introvert too. And it yeah. doesn't seem like it cause we're both chatty Cathy's, but, <laughs> but that's like where I get my like, energy from oh i'm the same way like one-on-one is totally different but you know when i went to school and you know a lot of the people that i was in school with were drinking and smoking pot um it just didn't it just wasn't even a thing to me because i just was like i'm just doing my homework like it just it just didn't even it wasn't even on my radar but i will say i i definitely got some pushback from like you know my family um well you got pushback to actually go to a school like that Oh yeah. Really? A lot. And then I also had things like, because of the people you're around or, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. It was hard. And then I, I also had things like, you know, the people in my, like in my little, um, singles branch out there in my little church group and like the little Institute group. Um, there was a lot of like, what are you doing in this jazz studies program? I felt like I was, um, unmarriable and undateable, you know, because I was like, I wasn't like a good enough, like, little pre-wife oh business, my gosh you know so you didn't fit in the mold all this to say like as a person who made like the opposite decision of you i can see like i can see like i know why that was hard <laughs> maybe you had like some yeah no in my school about what would have been hard about it well thank goodness no my my yeah you know like my parents you know, my, my, my dad's not in the church anymore. My mom is. And so I, we were split, right. All of us mm, were split. It yeah. was, that was a big, it was a hard thing to yeah. try and please opposite. Um, Gosh, but yeah. they were very supportive, both of them of being like, kind of like that whole in the world, but not of it. Sure. sure you know, sure. just being like, yeah, like these are, these are people, we're all people, man. Yeah, like that's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. Like what, it, like, why are we segregating or that's another segregation. It's another fear-based wall yeah. that doesn't allow us to get to know people and connect with them. Right. It's right. ridiculous. I, it I, 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 I'm so sorry that that pressure was put Thanks. on you. It's yeah. okay. 
you know, it yeah. ended up fine. And I think I'm like, getting passionate about it now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm passionate about it too. But yeah, and I and I do feel really strongly. Like I see it happen the other way too. Like oh, where yeah. you know, creative like uh, creatives who aren't religious like will be really closed minded about creatives who are, are religious, religious, which I also think is really stupid. It's so yes, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Well, and it hasn't been cool until recently to actually publicly announce you believe in God. I know it's, 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 it's all very backward. I feel, I feel personally very like, just listen to people, let them tell you who they are, Mm -hmm. let them tell you what lights their mind up, Mm -hmm. let them tell you what, like, you know, what language, what kind of languages like allow them to best see and speak with and commune with others like the end <laughs> oh yeah amen yeah yeah if chance the rapper can talk about it then we can't <laughs> yeah but it's hard though and so i i can i can i can empathize with like you know a, a young girl you know dealing with these things mm-hmm. like trying to decide like should i go across the country to this big you know famous yeah. school or should i go to byu idaho oh yeah and i can totally like empathize with like the the tug of that relate that yeah, and that decision actually didn't even that wasn't even on my radar to be honest with you because I was kind of doing my own thing sure, I had a actually a full ride at U of C after that for my bachelor's okay. and I thought I was going to go to art school there but um so how yeah. did you switch to music so music was already there because right. of Broadway and pop okay. and classical okay. training well actually I would say it's more pop and um Broadway training at that point I hadn't had any operatic training um and then when I went down to get my teaching degree at BYU Idaho, okay, um, that was also applicable classes that I had to take. You know, obviously right. theater classes and acting classes, but my music was my minor. Okay, so I had to get involved with. Oh my goodness! I, if there's such a thing as left brain people, that was that was opposite of the theater world. Yeah. And for whatever reason, at BYU Idaho at the time, there was like this weird rivalry between theater and music people. Oh, so like, stupid. Does that make but sense? That's, well, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like it's not just like the, you know, the general public, like non-creatives are policing. Mm-hmm. Like we police each other in these like ridiculous ways. Like, no. I mean, even just like, in the music building, there will be a rivalry between like the jazz people and the classical people. It's so dumb. Or between like, right. you know, abstract artists and like realist yeah, realism. Oh my gosh. It's never ending. It's like, we just, I don't know. We, we just get, can't accept the beauty for what it is. Yeah. Or we, I think that there's just so much fear that there's like not enough room to go around or not enough attention oh, to go around. See that. And that is something I had to learn too, that there's enough abundance for everyone. And I actually learned it first and foremost from a fellow actor Cool. because she had said that it's, it's it's this whole yoga thing too, right? Like I'm a yoga instructor and that there's enough success. Like (laughs) I was reading your bio and just being like, okay, well she does everything. So, (laughs) Oh yeah. Master of none. But what was your friend saying? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're totally fine. No, just that. Cause I remember talking to her about because it was at the time I was trying really hard to be um, a working artist in Utah yeah. an actor I should say and I was paying the bills but I wasn't making much more than that yeah, yeah. so I had to have an extra um, supplemental income whether it be from another job or at the time my husband who was working sure and she was just like you know but like 
there's enough room for everyone. And if it's meant to be, it'll meet. And we're starting to yeah. hear that more in the jargon of with, with other artists. And thank goodness for that, because then I started going, hey, so-and-so, there's a casting today. I actually think you'd be great for it. Oh, I came it down here, so better, but why don't you come better? over here? Because this might be meant for you and not me. Yeah. And that's okay. And, oh, and, and when, you know, like, and then I also had those friends that when I'd say, I would be afraid to tell them my success because they were a fellow, a- fellow actor and they yeah. just get mad. Jealousy and scarcity. Yeah. yeah. Or I think the other thing that we sometimes do to each other is like, I think we get worried, we get worried that we've chosen the wrong path. Like, you know, maybe there's a young artist who, uh, can do, you know, realistic painting and, abstract painting and you know at some point maybe you have to pick something to kind of focus on right and then you know i don't know i think we just we worry that we've made the wrong decision Mm -hmm. we've picked we've picked a a dying medium we Mm. you know i don't know we we can get so like philosophical about which art deserves to be art and Mm -hmm. i don't know which people deserve attention and Mm -hmm. it's all just like it's just fear and we come by it honestly (laughs) like you know, years of rejection can leave you feeling like you're grasping at straws, but mm-hmm. I feel the same way as you. And and it's a big part of the reason I started this podcast of like, you know, I can sometimes get feeling small, like get mm-hmm. feeling scarce. I think mm-hmm. we, I think we all do. Yeah. I think oh, we yeah. all do. Um, and you know, I can get sometimes feeling a little jealous or a little, you know, whatever. And part of like what this podcast is for me is like an abundance practice of oh. like, can I sit down with artists and feel just like genuinely inspired by the person I'm talking to yeah. feel like a sisterhood, a brotherhood, you know, um, and that we're on the same team and that we're on the same team. Yeah, We're cheering yeah. for each other. It's such an important thing to remember. Mm-hmm. And it feels like something that deserves time in my life, you know? Oh, this is so cool. This is an abundance practice. It is. It is. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. It, it feels pretty necessary to me. Like, and especially, you know, as I'm dealing with kind of like, I think a lot of my personal kind of like jealousy issues are related to the fact that I don't have support from family. And I think when I see people getting support from family, I can get very like, well, it's not fair. You know, mm-hmm. I can get, I can get feeling like pretty small and get a little catty, you know, yeah. and I, though that's not my values. That's not like the kind of person that I want to be. Right. So, you know, it's like Brene Brown says, you can't, um, I love her. I love her too. But she says something like you can't, you can't, it's hard to hate people up close. And (laughs) not that I'm the kind of person who hates anyone. I'm a very like bleeding heart. Like I love people. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to feel jealous of people up close too, you know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And plus I just, it's such a, it's such a motivator for me to sit with someone and hear them tell their story about how they keep going about the battles they face it's just like, well, okay, yeah, we're not alone. Like, we all got them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no one's without. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what happened next? So you're at BYU Idaho, yeah. and then yeah, tell me your story. Uh, gosh, BYU Idaho. Um, so yeah, I did. Uh, like I had done all stage up to this point, stage acting, okay. and um, wow. th- but then I did classical training here too, which was so the music program was so intense, and I. Oh my gosh, it was so hard on my self-esteem at the time, but it was 
also some one of the best things that could have happened to me if, oh. in hindsight, right? Yeah, after yeah, yeah. and after the years that you look back. Because what they would do, and we did this at, in Grant McEwen too, but it was a little different. It's more harsh. You have a jury. Yeah. And as a musician, you get up in front of the jury of your peers. So it would have been like 20, you know, students plus a professor. Wow. And you you know, you recite your aria or you, whether it be Italian or German or whatever you learned that, that month. Yeah. And then they pick you apart. Right. And they've been taught depending on who your professor is, how that goes, that culture of that. And this culture in particular was really harsh. There wasn't really a lot of good said. Yeah. Ooh, I hate that. Which, but also I, I hear what you're saying that that's a good refiner's fire to go through, but also, <laughs> ew, but also, ew. right. And I wasn't, and you have to understand, I, I'll never, I mean, maybe one day, I don't know, in heaven somewhere time, but I'll never be like my, my goal in life, I should say, wasn't aspiring opera, to be right. op- the, opera, the met. but it was good. And I, I will say I hadn't even had vibrato up to this point. Yeah. I didn't have a great chance at singing. I had great chances at acting, but it just didn't, the singing wasn't clicking, clicking with me at Grant McCune. Yeah. But when I came down here, I was like, I didn't even have vibrato at this point and they wanted me to learn. Anyways, my vibrato had finally come and I remember the day it came. My, the teacher that was with me was the head of the program and he was so generous and so nice. And he's good. like, I remember him looking at me saying, good for you. And then I took that practice and that Italian aria and it's caro mio ben. Is yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. That's everyone knows that one. Yeah. Okay. I, that's the one I sang thinking, okay, I have made leaps of improvement here. Yeah. I am not the type, I'm not the star here. I'm definitely not the whole star, but yeah. they're going to notice this improvement. Yeah. And I felt it and I just kept going and my emotions were there. And after being picked apart for three months, I thought, okay, this jury is the jury. And I was picked apart uh, again so by the, he didn't get it. He just didn't understand it. We just weren't vibing. We weren't clicking. It was the professor, honestly. And I cried in front of my, and you know, at that point, you're not really a teenager anymore. I was like 25 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I was crying in front of my classmates and he, and he just looked at me and he was like, why are you crying? What's the problem? Oh, it was so hard. And I was so like, and I mean, when I get angry, I'm tearful. When I'm sad, I'm tearful. When I'm I'm happy, I'm tearful. It's it's like, it's always tears. If the emotion gets extreme (laughs) enough, it's tears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was so hard. And I just was like, I'm never going to sing again. Yeah. I thought in my head, I'm like a terrible singer, but I had learned vibrato. Yeah. And my voice was changing and it was, and, and I realized about two years after that, that I was like, oh dude, I'm a singer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of younger you for like (laughs) remembering the context, like your own context of like, but I was here and now I'm here. Yeah. And I'd written music when I was 19. My girlfriend and I recorded like four songs. Technically I could say that was my first album of my own music, but I didn't think I was just being me at the time. You know, you kind of, you start to have fear in your twenties. You don't, you're not as reckless in the, in the worst way, you know? And uh, yeah, so that, that was life altering, um, harsh, but also really great. Cause then I your own validation. Yeah. I just, I realized after I was like, no, I'm I'm a singer and I'm a musician and I'm a creator and, and I love music and I'm not going to deny who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You have to, I mean, that's kind of what I meant before when I was talking about how like sometimes when young people get too much praise, I feel like, I'm just scared for you. Cause like you need to know 
you need to know that this is like your choice. <laughs> like yeah. it, it can't be, it can't be someone else's choice. It's great if other people validate you as well, like cool, mm-hmm. but like it, you've got to know it. You've got to like know it in, in your own, in your guts. Heart. Yeah. They, that's, that's yeah. What brings you joy. So how, how did you go from like you're finishing your program into this dormant period that you're now coming out of? Oh gosh. So from there I was like, I got to get into film. Yeah. It just felt so much more intimate. Yeah. Not that theater didn't have its place, but it just felt like it was the time. Yeah. So I, I tried to get into film when I moved to Utah here with my first husband, they were like, Oh, well, have you thought of modeling? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to do, well, you should really. And really Utah, let's be honest, isn't it. We're catching up still with the industry, like yeah. in terms, not just of payout, but um, writing. Oh my yeah. gosh. The writing's t- like not, just hasn't ethics, been great. Ethics in general. It, oh, it was just, yeah. Yes. And just like the not e- even just scarcity of jobs. Like yeah. there just wasn't a lot, yeah. Yeah. even though you were, you know, in a small pond, there's still small jobs. Like there yeah. wasn't, there's still not a lot, you know? Um, and so I think I just, well, you know, my first marriage, we did move like 11 times in four years. Holy cow. It was so much. I couldn't ever get a footing anywhere. And I, and I was during that time actually that I did work on the set of ABC's lost. Okay. Um, as a PA, so fortunate to do that. Um, but it just reminded me of the dreams I didn't have because I'd be sitting in these million dollar sets and being like, how come I'm not in this? Yeah. I'm just the girl handing out like blueprints and lunches. Did you feel what taking like PA jobs or like doing those kind of more like behind the scenes mm-hmm. types of work? Did you feel like, well, this is still part of kind of like my art journey or did you feel like, like, was it a hard decision to start doing that kind of thing? Yes. Uh, yes. To both. Um, I, I think, you know, the extra work, the free work, the indie work, the, the uh, in our culture, it's all paying your dues. It's such a unfortunately, but you got to pay your dues yeah. in our culture. And so that's all part of it. And mm-hmm. that was valuable for me. That brought me a lot of, you're cutting your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, even in the future when I decided, Oh, maybe I want to be a filmmaker. Maybe I don't just want to be an actor. Maybe I want to direct. Oh, I really like directing. I'm already a teacher. Why not? That it was all like leading up to that. And that was part of it. So I could kind of have a taste for what that industry was like and the the fast pacedness of TV, like every week and a half, we would, you know, throw everything out and restart all over again. Right, right, right. right. So yeah. Learning how kind of yeah, you, you can't even know. I, I try to encourage. So I teach at UVU now too. So I teach. I teach here at my house. Oh, good for you, kids and teens. And then I teach at UVU. Amazing. Um, thanks. It's it's really rewarding in so many ways. But I I try to encourage my students, like you you really can't make decisions from the outside in in the arts like you need to know like how things actually work yeah so your decisions are informed yeah and you can't make a decision based on how like a career in the arts is portrayed in films and tv shows you also can't make a decision based on how it's portrayed by your idols's social media <laughs> like mm. you need to know like what it actually looks like and lots of times i think you know we find a lot of creative satisfaction in roles and in um types of work that you would never even know exists right. if you're not kind of behind the scenes getting your hands dirty yeah no i it, yes and so i i'd be lying if i said i was like i shouldn't be here right but yeah. but also i was like no i should yeah this is good this is really good for me and 
it opened a lot of doors and connections to of be course. honest with you. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was so valuable and it yeah. was solid work. I was getting paid <laughs> every yeah. two weeks. So yeah, good. You know, that's, that's, and that was, where were you when that you was in that? Hawaii? Okay, cool. Oh, that's where they filmed. Um, that, that was for the final season. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, so there was that. And then the divorce, yeah. right. Which took over my kids? life. No, first marriage? no, okay. I didn't. And, um, that was a blessing in the end. Um, yeah. and then I, and then I, as a single person, I was like, oh, I got to get back into this. I think I'd worked at a software company for a bit and I quit it because I was like, well, I'm going to pursue fame. Honestly, yeah, I think yeah. that's what I was pursuing at the time. I, I, I was pursuing my art. I loved my art, but I think I just, again, I didn't really, I didn't really figure Shiloh out at that point. I, sure. Not that I still know who she is, but I, I was messing up Yeah. and I was making some bad choices. And so I, but that's when I went out to LA Okay. and my agent was like, Hey, I think you should try this. And I just didn't have a plan and I should have had a plan. I'm not a planner. And yeah, to shorten I mean, that, what is a plan in the arts anyway? Well, but also in LA, I hear, yeah, yeah, in LA, you do need a plan. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I had to, I was in a apartment where I, we didn't have air conditioning, and like the water would like stream down the wall. And I remember yeah. my bed getting like wet. And I remember getting down to the size they wanted me to. I got down to a size God. four. Um, I'm five eleven, so that's saying yeah. a lot. Um, Jeez. And when I went in, they were like, well, we don't want you for commercial. We want you for editorial. Um, I think I even lied about my age, to be honest with you, because that's what my agent told me to do, which also didn't feel right. Yeah. And it also feels like pointless, but also yeah. it is these weird games. Yeah. They're yeah. like, well, we like to look, but we need you to be size two. God. But you know, as soon as it's a size two, yeah. it's going to be size zero on the doubles. And I was like, no, my bone yeah, structure is I not. And I would, half the reason I was a size four is because I had no money for food. Yeah. I went to Trader Joe's and I remember buying chicken, frozen vegetables, cereal, bread, milk, and butter. Yeah. I like literally, and maybe some fruit. That yeah. was like what I lived off of. It was like a 10 food items for like months. Yeah. And I had, inc- I met some incredible people and some friends, lifelong friends out there, but it was a really tough go. And I wasn't there for very long. And I kind of had a nervous, not a nervous breakdown, but just like I had a breakdown. Yeah. I remember I was sitting at the pump and I couldn't pay for gas. And I went, wow. and it was so shameful. Like I borrowed 40 bucks from a roommate. I didn't really know, paid her back my, through my parents. And my parents were like, and I finally found a job. I couldn't even get a job at like beans and brews like yeah. I they, they're hard you can't say out there oh I'm an actor looking for work and I did that because I thought well yeah I gotta be honest with them yeah they don't yeah. they don't want to hear that everyone's right. out there trying to be an actor so right. they just I, I couldn't get a job and I just felt like the universe was like no and you're you're like late 20s at this point yeah okay yes and yeah and I I had a dream one night this sounds crazy but I had a dream one night that if I stayed in LA at this time I was going to be completely alone like I, I envisioned myself in a casket by myself. No one was at the funeral with an Oscar in my hand. Oh, so scary. Yeah. And and like, and then I would also dream about like these future kids. Mm. And I was like, maybe I need to have a family. Yeah. Maybe. And I always wanted one, but maybe this isn't the time for me to be in LA. It's great. But maybe yeah. this just isn't the time, which was also super shameful because here I was quitting something again openly. Yeah. My agent was just like, what the heck are you doing? That's my friends, so hard. but my parents, they knew. And they were like, come home. And as a 30 year old divorced, I went home to a small town of 7,000 farming community in Canada. Yeah. I window washed my neighbors 
windows to wow. get pay back my parents some money yeah. and start anew. And I just felt like I needed. Holy cow! It was so harsh. Really quickly, what like what kind of feedback did you get from your agent like before you left? Like, mm-hmm. was your agent like? you really got something like we're going to make money together. Yes. Yeah. But like, where's, I think I don't, I don't know if I hustled enough for it. Sure. I didn't put, I I did hustle, but not maybe enough because I think it was something I didn't want to do. I don't think I really wanted to be a model. God, that's just like, I mean, that's a perfect example, a perfect example of these kinds of like, what do I need to do versus like, what am I supposed to do? Right. It's so impossible to know. Cause mm-hmm. you just never know. Like if I just hustle, you know, one more month in this like mm-hmm. nightmare that I'm in, will that be the thing? Oh, and like, yeah, it could be, but also like, I mean, it's really, really hard to know like which voice to listen to. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. That is really, really difficult. And I think that's something that all creatives. Oh, it was with. so hard. I remember someone saying to me after I had, come back to Utah after that because I was in Canada for a bit and then I had a feeling I need to come back here where I met my husband which was great but um I remember someone saying to me yeah we're all just kind of wondering what you're doing you just you seem to quit a lot of things ew oh it was so hard and what you're privately doing is like trying so hard not to quit like oh something (laughs) but I was proud of myself for even taking that leap up to that's then, I, I really mean. hadn't, I mean, like, hadn't even, yeah. I think and that's I know. what I mean. Like you're like, you're trying so hard to stay committed to like something true, mm-hmm. but it looks like you're just like f- failing over and over and again. Flailing and not yeah. being responsible. And that's, it's hard. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. just unknowable. It's just unknowable. Like, you know, there's so much faith in, in like, there's a lot of faith, I think in just being a person who creates things mm-hmm. like you have to invest a lot of time and money and your heart um, and your energy with kind of no guarantees of anything, which right. is just yes tricky. Oh, it's like, well, yeah. And that's kind of what you said before, which was we, we are, we work harder. I feel like <laughs> than most people because yeah. we're eat, breathing and living it because we know we have to, to get ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's, we don't take it's breaks. We don't take lunch breaks. Even if and... like you don't get paid for it, you still like we're busting mm-hmm. your ass to like mm-hmm. write that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, work up your vocals to a certain thing, like yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, paint like a, a a series worth of pieces or you know whatever. Finish your novel. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, and again, I think I was just going through stuff relationship wise, self-love wise, I had a lot of trauma I was still dealing with and trying to figure out who I was. This is so trippy, but I, the job I finally got when I was in LA, like a couple weeks before I left, um, (laughs) the, there was a casting director right above the office space I worked. Uh, her name's Renee Haynes. Anyway, she's an incredible first nations, native American casting director. She's such a amazing advocate and trailblazer for, um, for, cause you literally go to like reservations and recruit people and get wow. to know them and build relationships. But, um, she, That's incredible. but that was someone I should have introduced myself to, yeah. but I was so chicken. I was yeah. like, Oh, they're not gonna Like, you I didn't, didn't believe like you had a claim. I didn't believe in myself, yeah. but now we're like friends and I like send her audition wow. tapes and like, 
we're fine now, but it's just funny that it was like, it was very serendipitous of that. So I knew that it wasn't just like, not that it just wasn't time artistically that I needed to figure some stuff out. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. Oh, that's awesome. It was hard. <laughs> I, I mean, gosh, I feel it. Like, I mean, I, I feel that with you. Like it's just these winding roads. Oh, um, but it's proof I think of how, like it's a testament to the gift that like creativity is yeah. that it's worth that, <laughs> that it's worth all that. It, yeah. And, and yeah. And like you said, the season of, well, maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe it's yeah. okay. Maybe I'll just be like a Betty white or maybe like in heaven, you know, like then I'll get my yeah. whatever. But, um, yeah, it kind of came full circle and uh, I had more trials happen like my ex-husband and my brother passed away within a two-month period so it kind of got like things and then you you know your mom passed away it kind of puts things in it does because you're like time I I need to do something Mm -hmm. why am I not doing anything and then I had a kid I was like why am I not doing anything I, I hardly have any time now and I had all this time before you know, when you have a kid, you're like lucky to go to the bathroom yeah. for a minute by yourself. I from other mothers and right. dads. So it really was great to teach me that time management and be like, okay, I have five minutes. It's five minutes to write. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like that was the kind of like some of that stuff was something that you needed. I needed yeah. it. I needed it to put me so in place. So when did you, how old were you when you had your first baby? Um, Wait, do you, have, you have one kid. I have one. one. She's three. Well, okay. I would have been 36. Yeah. yeah. I would have been 36. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so we're after you had, yeah, we figured it out <laughs> together. Um, after you had your daughter, then you started writing, hmm. started going out for more auditions again? Or go ahead. So I was in North Carolina. My husband decided to join. Well, we both decided because we're dreamers, obviously. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, if I, if we get, um, he uh, decided to join Special Forces National Guard okay. with the Army, which was a huge tall order of like four years of active training. Yeah. Out North Carolina, which meant I had to leave everything right. behind. So I was no longer, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. The closest audition to me would have either been Nashville or no, Charlotte, I guess, but they're, like or, Georgia. or Georgia, yeah. Georgia, yeah. right. They're probably the next big hub or Florida. Yeah. And I just was like, okay. And I have a kid. So it was yeah. just very isolating. I had to, I wasn't working. And then, um, within that same time, I actually had three knee surgeries. Oh my gosh. And so that was f- four months on, uh, four months in bed and six months on crutches total. Holy cow. Uh, it was like life. I've had a knee surgery. I tore my ACL. No, that's what it was. Twins. Oh, twinners. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it changes your, your life a little bit. Yeah. I was in high school when I tore mine. So like the stakes were like a little different, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I, I still like, it's still affects me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. It's never quite the same. And so this will be my fourth knee oh surgery total. Gosh. And it was, it wasn't just like, Oh, we're going to make it better. It was like, you're never going to run again, which oh. was a huge part of my identity. Yeah. You're not going to play sports. Oh, I didn't even go. know if I could run after my daughter. It was just like mm, biking and swimming. Wow. And I just like cry. They had to like literally break part of my 
bone and take part of it out. It was like a lot. And it was a lot of my husband. He was training and he was helping with my daughter and oh, super heavy. But what again, the, the, the silver lining in that was I was, yeah, I was starting to like get some awesome riffs. And I was, um, I had a couple video auditions for some awesome stuff that came my way, but nothing, you know, I wasn't really auditioning. It was just like two or three that whole time I was out there. But I was like, well, and then I got my yoga instruction, but then I couldn't even do that. Wow. Like, what am I going to do? Well, wow. I can sit, I can write. Yeah. So it forced me to take those ideas I had out. And I think it was like the night before my stepmom had sent me this scholarship idea for indigenous female filmmakers from the Northwest coast of Canada, which is like such a niche thing that yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I have a chance to get into this program. Wow. And I sent it in like like the night before at 2 a.m. Wow. And I uh, got in and that's what those, that program, they got me final draft. They t- like gave me the tutelage and the, I needed, cause I didn't know how to write a script. I didn't wow. know the rules. That's huge. And so that was the script that's now winning awards. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay. What's it called? It's called one who knows. Okay, tell me, just tell tell the listener about it. A quick. <laughs> yeah, tell us about your thing. Um, man. Uh, so one who knows, interestingly enough, is um, inspired by a dream I had five years prior to writing it. Wow. And I didn't think it would ever be shared. I thought it was just like really personal. And yeah. I wrote it down. I thought it was like a gift. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, oh, maybe I'll share this at some point. But I, may, I thought of it like it maybe in a speaking format. Like I didn't ever think I would turn it into a film. Sure. And they needed an idea. Then like they'd be like, oh, what's your idea? And I'm like, I don't have an idea. So I went to my journal. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had this dream. Maybe this could be something. And so I just wrote a quick like plot summary, not knowing what yeah. I was doing. And it's about a woman who wakes up on the Northwest coast of Canada. So she's an indigenous woman and it's, she ends up finding a shaman who then takes her through a series of naturistic tasks that are very like metaphoric for life. Like the life lessons are there and they're very hard, like they're really hard tasks. She goes through a lot of struggle, like battered and bruised, trying to hold on to this relic stone. She's got to climb a waterfall and um, these ravens take, so it's very fantasy, like almost like a fantasy spiritual thriller, I would say. Cool, cool. And um, I love that kind of thing. <laughs> Thank like you. a surrealist kind of. Yes. Yeah, it's, cool. yeah, it doesn't really have a time era, but it does feel ancient. And anyway, she ends up having to eventually take this relic stone out of the sea monster's mouth and fa- face her deepest fears. Cool. And she's healed by the shaman and she's got to repeat the tasks in order to, until she can get it right. Wow. In the end, she, you know, says goodbye to the shaman. He leaves and she's in her regalia on the coast and she hears a splashing of the water and someone else has come up out of the creek and she realizes now she has she's to pass. She's the person, yeah. Yeah, cool. that has to pass. So it's cyclical and there's like a bee story of like a cocoon and a butterfly emerging as well. Cool, cool. Yeah. I just want to point out like, you know, it's just like maybe a small nugget and like maybe maybe you feel differently about it, but... First of all, like, I think it's very artistic of you and very like, what's the word, like honoring kind of your own creativity Mm -hmm. that you pay attention to your dreams, (laughs) that you are writing at least some of them in a journal, that when this question is asked of you at a later date of like, do you have a plot? You're like, let me look in my journal. (laughs) There might be something there. Like, I just feel like that is like, 
that's evidence that like, you know, even if you're in this dormant period or whatever, like there are these little sparkles of things just like going on, which I mean, I, I, I like to draw attention to this kind of thing. You know, if any, if anyone was listening and feeling like I'm not doing anything, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not producing anything. Yeah. Your mind is producing stuff all the time. Yes. I know from talking, you know, I talked to a lot of artists who are parents being a parent is of course extremely creative or at least it can be um you know i've interviewed a lot of writers who have kind of like dormant periods who like you're just always doing research you're paying attention to Mm -hmm. the people that you're interacting with you know the act of observing the world can be creative if you're creative it is it 100 percent is and that's what one of my professors said actually at my first um degree he everyone was like oh i'm gonna try and get into this school and i'm gonna try and get this job or i'm trying to get on this stage or blah 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 and he was like no why aren't you going traveling go see the world go experience life you yeah. guys are young you need to experience to have that to draw yeah. from you need some sort of emotions when Being you're there fixated on like the productivity is very like capitalist mm-hmm. <laughs> capitalism you know mm-hmm. um and it's tricky to kind of like integrate art with, you know, we live in a capitalistic society, yeah. so we need to put a roof over our head. Like yeah. We need these things. But I just think it's important to remember as artists that like our kind of private and internal journeys are like equally as important, if not much more important. Yeah. Yes. And you were doing that. You were doing that, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't think I'd be sitting here with you right now. Yeah. Like that's not, you know, and like it all came from a dark place. Right. It all came from being pushed into a corner and saying, what are you going to do now? And just keep. And it was like the universe's way of being like, or God's forward. way of just being like, yeah. hey, you got this thing that you've been ignoring for a while. Maybe this is the path. I know there's a lot of work here. I know there's a lot of stress and blood, sweat and tears into it. It's not the way you wanted. It's not the easy way. Yeah. You're not a trust fund baby. Right. You don't have maybe like, you know, the support that you need. Yeah maybe this is the path that you've been resisting the whole time and just letting it flow instead of resisting. Totally. I feel like that's like what I'm trying to do right now too. It's so hard. Like, I feel like I have to like, I've been trying, I I told this to my therapist like a couple weeks ago. I was like, I don't know like how to solve this problem of like, how did you just put it? You put it like so perfectly, like just like that maybe like this is the thing, like maybe like the thing that's happened, just go with the flow. This is it. Yeah. But I, I told my therapist, like, I don't know how to solve this problem, but like, I am going to commit to like at least once a day, just going like, okay, which script am I in? Like <laughs> just kind of like just checking in. Yeah. Cause I really think that's true. Like smart, you know, maybe the art that like you're supposed to make, you can only make because of the, th- the, the particular windy path that like you've been mm-hmm. on. And same for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. It's like I can sometimes get fixated on this idea of like the artist that I could have been if I had had supportive parents or the artist that I could have been if I had, you know, um, grown up in even maybe just a different place, like mm-hmm. just had kind of different input. Um, but like it's a first of all, a very pointless thing to think about because it isn't what happened. Right. And also like, you know, my perspective is unique. Like, even if, you know, the kind of niche of people who like want that perspective is, is, 
you know, not everyone, which is fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and we we're such control freaks. We all yeah. want, we, we have a plan for ourselves, Yeah, but like there's a better plan. That's not our plan out there for us. Yeah. And we have to trust that that plan B is better than our plan A. I think that's true. I think it's true. Or, or at least it's just mysterious enough that like, yeah, just not even, you can't have a plan. Like, yeah. what's the point of a plan? Well, I'm hoping so. Hoping so. Cause my mom said when you reach the age of 40, that's the age of enlightenment. So she better be right. Cause I'm one year uh, away. <laughs> yeah. But I also agree with that too. Like, I don't know. I sometimes can, I think it's really easy. And I, I think especially for women, it's easy to feel like, well, if I haven't made it happen by the time I'm 30, it's not going to happen. Cause now I'm aging. You oh, know, I went through that. <laughs> yeah. I went through that and I'm still going through that, but I'm like, no, I still got it. Well, no, I've got more no wisdom. For no other reason than like, I'm sure you feel the same way as me about, I love so much hearing and seeing older women. Like, I love it so much. Oh. Like watching older women in shows, reading books from older women. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm the audience for that. Like, I want those stories. Oh. And so, you know, if for no other reason, like... Yeah, we if, all want that. If you want that and I want that, there are other people who want it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, and there's people that have done it, but we can. Yeah. We yeah. can do it. Right. Or we can do something, diff you know, some yeah. just... I don't know. I'm trying to kind of remind myself that like the, there is art that only I can make and there is art that only you can make hundred percent. The end there hundred percent. We all have a unique part. Yeah. We've, we've heard that metaphor of the choir, yeah. but we really do. We need yeah. you. We need Emily Merrill because <laughs> no one else is going to be able to fulfill that role in this yeah. world. And we need her gifts to edify and uplift others. Yeah. And, yeah. and to and speak same. some sort of truth, you know, and same, yeah, same for me. And it's yeah. hard. Like I, you know, next week I might be crying in the bathroom being like, Oh, later tonight you might yeah. be crying yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> who knows? What did I say? Who on knows? Podcast, no, not because of that. Just because of who knows, you know, like yeah. these things come upon us, but it does come full circle, you know, like, so yeah. I have this writing thing and now it's kind of coming back into my acting. It's actually yeah. making me more respectful and respected as an artist in the acting world. It's actually brought you know, a co like my brother's company coming to me saying, Hey, I want to commission you to write this kid's book yeah. because of this other thing that you wrote out of a dark place. And right. because of that, I've met other incredible people at film festivals from LA and New York and all over the world that now I have people I can work with yeah. and I want to work with in the future. It's and like the beginning of your story. right? Yeah. And it's the beginning. And, um, and it's always the beginning. It's always the beginning. Hell yeah. It's yes. always the beginning. It's such an important thing to remember. It's never the end. That's one of those things we put on our like daily check-in like mantra list. Like, <laughs> hey, Emily, are you remembering that it's always the beginning? Yes. Hey, Shiloh, are New you day. remembering? <laughs> yeah. Like right now. Yeah. yeah. That's the so. same thing you said right at the beginning of our conversation that it's just like the present is a gift. It's a creative perspective too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've like kind of, we've kind of done it. Is there anything else that you want to say about, um, what, what it means to you to like, um, I don't know how you integrate your identity as an artist with your identity as like a person. Like, oh do gosh. you have other, any other thoughts about that? You know, I've been, I know this is going to come out months from now, but Ukraine happened this week. Yeah. And last, last yesterday. And it doesn't yeah. mean that there hasn't been war all along. There has been in other countries, but this, this one hits, I think just because it's such a major power that's now taking attack and it's very scary. 
we see these families that want to live lives like us, you know, and yeah. that culture is very relatable to us. Um, it's not so, so far removed from our culture. And, 100%. and, um, my brother and I were talking about this today. Actually, we just feel like, oh, well, got to get up in my first world country and yeah. post something about myself today that will promote my business when these people and you, you know, like that right. just felt so selfish. But then we had to remind ourselves that your, your job as an artist um, or as a creator or as a person is to bring the gifts you have to other people yeah. with what you can do. And if that means writing a kid's book about shared wealth, if that means um, writing hopefully or, or singing a song that maybe inspires someone to, um, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like to live a better life or yeah. to be, be a better person. Um, that's the gift that you can bring and that's the change you can make. And yes, we can send, you know, donate and send yeah. humanitarian goods. Um, but what else can we do? And as a creator, um, if we can uplift someone and bring them a little bit of joy and ask them the right questions and make them look at things a little bit differently and inspire them in some way, then I've done my job. That's a really beautiful thought to end on. I love that so much. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Cause it really can be easy to get like kind of stuck up in like, what am I even doing? But <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, gosh, like, you know, even for people who like are, famous like the the people who are like the type of famous where like their names are still known a hundred years after they're dead like which is not that many people right. like the kind of people that are that famous still don't affect the individual lives of that many people mm -hmm. you know like yeah. none of us point. is that powerful none of yeah. like we're all just kind of you got to be a big, good person in the community that you have and what you can yeah. do here and now. It, yeah. it, when you think too big picture, you feel helpless because yeah. I, I feel sick. I feel sick about those people in Russia, in Belarus, like, you know, every in Ukraine, all of them. There's people that don't want that war. Yeah. From all countries. It seems like most of the people don't want that war. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to bring but that no, up, but it's, I think you're smart too. You're right. Like that is what's going on and this won't come out for several months, but it is, it is like the thing that's kind of in our, like, mm -hmm. you know, co uh, collective conscious today. And yeah. Talking about like, what are our careers as artists? Like, it, it, I think you're exactly right that the, the context in which both of those conversations are happening are just do what you can. <laughs> Like, yeah do what you can with like the the gifts you have the ability you have the voice you have the people that you know the people who you love mm -hmm. yeah be aware do what you do whatever you can do yeah yeah no. okay i always ask everybody at the end oh there's another one <laughs> okay. yeah just like yeah we gotta kind of like have a little wrap up okay. well is there anything else you want to say i don't want to just like slam the door on your no, thoughts no okay okay yeah. um so i always ask everybody at the end What's your dream collaboration? Oh, you can night. cast a whole movie. <gasps> you can build a whole team. Oh, that just gave me chills. There's so many options. Just who, whatever comes to mind right now. Um, Who's on your project? Like far-fetched? Whatever. Anything you want. <laughs> sometimes people will be like, I want to work with my daughter. You know, and sometimes people will be like Lily Tomlin. So just whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, I don't know like there's a lot of people I would love to work. There's so many, but I think what may be a better answer for Great. you. I, uh, go for it. I would, 
you know, next time we talk, if there isn't enough next time, I yeah. would have loved to be in um, either direct or, or acted in a feature length, cool. written a feature length by then. And also, um, I think after I kind of get momentum with this acting and filmmaking stuff, I, I've always wanted to write my own album, music album, whether that be for just myself and just my family yeah. or whether that be for the world. And of course I'm going to do a good job and do my best, but yeah. I, it doesn't matter to me with that one. I just want to do it. You want it to have been a thing that you have done. Yes. Um, I love that. Are there any directors that you would love to act under? And oh. are there any actors that you would love to direct? Oh, like my a favorite and a favorite. Gosh. Yeah, yeah you're just like such a hard question. I know, um, it's impossible. Oh, okay. Yeah. So going back to the collaborations. Um, to be honest with you, the people that I want to work with most right now are the people that are kind of right where I'm at yeah. in terms of like... I love that answer. They're, they're like talented and they're incredible people, um, but they're not necessarily known on the, yeah. the a-list the a-list right now cool. um um uh, for actors but who would i love to oh who who was i was looking at something the other day i was like oh my gosh i would love to be a director on or have them as my director uh yeah the, uh, the one from dune uh, director del toro and uh, no, no um the director um Crap, but, sorry i don't know <laughs> french from canada I'm going to, I should is, know. And I just don't know. I want to say, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Um, but he like wrote and directed the new Dune. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. My husband is anti-fantasy, so I have to, have to watch those kinds of things on my own. Oh, that's okay. Um, let's see here. Um, Sorry, I need to just, you need to just cut this. But, oh, okay. Denis, Denis. I kept saying, oh. I wanted to say some, <laughs> the B word, but yeah. Denis uh, from, yeah, he's he's got an incredible vision. He's very image, his stuff is just so just image beautiful. beautiful. Oh my gosh, oh, so cin it. cinematic. But I think his acting is really subtle and he doesn't give a lot of exposition to in his writing, cool. which I love. Cool. Um, oh. Um, any other actors that you'd love to work with, like be alongside? Oh my gosh, yes. Who do you love? Oh, you like ask me the hardest question. Um, <laughs> or just like who's coming to mind? Who are up for Oscars? Oh, well, Kate Blanchett. She's isn't she incredible? Everything, everything. I love her so much, and she's just stunning. Oh, she's just she's a powerhouse. She's like a work of art too. Yeah, she's just Maybe beautiful. Maybe Juliette Lewis is on your list too. Yeah, Juliet. <laughs> see, that's weird because I have like these like, you know, you have like the Meryl Streeps and then you yeah. have these like underdog people who are like, oh yeah. my gosh, they're so underrated uh, but they're amazing. I'm so into that kind of person too. Yeah, so I kind of have both of those people and I'd love to do comedy at some point too. Cool. I cool. think that would be so freaking cool. rad like to just, uh, oh, like I watched uh, Murderville. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Like, listen, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, funny. it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's but not, it's a lot of improv. Okay, cool. It's unscripted for the, I feel the, like I would love it. Is it true crimey or is it's it like, it's a, yeah, it's a spoof on like the, um, the guy that, um, has to solve the murder. Oh yeah. And so every episode is a different celebrity that comes on. Oh cool. I would love that. But the celebrity sure. has no idea what the script is. Everyone else does. Oh, funny. so they just kind of prompt that actor yeah. in the direction cool. and it's, yeah, it's really Murder funny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
I think these are great answers. I haven't even given I, you any answers. I feel I, bad. You have. I can. <laughs> I can take you off. I can take you off the spot with this now. Sorry. I mean, no. Can I, I just say it. everyone? I would love to work with mostly everyone. It, the only people I don't want to work with are people who are divas or like, or like racist a holes. Or yeah, yeah. Fair. I just don't. If you're an a hole, I don't want to work with you. If you're. Yeah. No, I think I. I love that answer too, and I think I really feel the same way. Like I'm so interested in people. Like if you're not a monster. I want to know what you can do. I want to know, yeah. like, I feel like there's something really um, kind of magical about the type of creative spark that can happen when, like, to create, like, there's like a, like, you have your stuff, the other person has their stuff, and, like, what's the particular magic that, like, only the two of you can make yeah. that feels, like, just exciting no matter kind of what well and in music it's the same thing like who do you have chemistry with right yeah that like that's what they do chemistry tests in, right. in filmmaking they want to make sure it's like a good connection and sometimes right. unfortunately it doesn't it's work totally not yeah, yeah that's a good point mm. cool okay and then finally tell everybody where to find your work oh my gosh well imdb is you know the the universal for acting so you can find me on imdb for acting uh my reels my new acting reels will be out soon just they'll be linked to my IMDb as well as my Instagram. Um, what's your handle? Uh, uh, sh oh, what is it? Shiloh nice. I go by my maiden name. Okay. And that's NYC. N okay. NYC. Yeah. It's okay. like, I'm nice with a Y Cool. Shiloh nice. And that's same for, uh, Facebook. I'm mostly on Instagram though. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Shiloh, it was lovely to meet you. It was lovely to chat with you and I hope we'll be seeing each other again. Oh, we will. Okay, I, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you okay. so much for having me. It's this has been so edifying for me. My pleasure. It was lovely and like a great weekend send off. To yeah. Us. Hoorah. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.